Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Movie Channel and our Star Wars Retrospective Podcast, where every Wednesday and every Saturday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films that are currently in production through our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Hello and welcome back to the We Are Geek Star Wars Retrospective Podcast where every single week, actually twice a week, we are walking you through all of the Star Wars films in the lead up to The Last Jedi this December in the year 2017 because you might be listening to this from the future. We are here in our third episode. We're going to be talking about Revenge of the Jedi from 1983. So here's a little, oh actually first of all, I'm your host Al White and joining me through this entire journey is Alexander Chard. Yes! <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> what was that? That was, what that was no defined Star Wars character. It was just a weird hello. Uh, well, thank you for that. And Christina Masterson. Hi. No impressions, just, just a dry hi. A dry hi. Hey. Um, hey, hey. So, I want to start this podcast off before we get into this one. With, we normally clarify if we've seen the films before. Obviously, Alex, you're the kind of, in context amongst us, the super fan. I'm mm-hmm. the kind of regular fan. Christina's the noob. I have obviously seen this film before. It's been a long time. But why I want to hijack the podcast so early on is this was the very first film that I saw in cinemas. Uh, oh, wow. I was, I was three years old. And yeah, I don't... I mean, maybe I'd seen the others on VHS. I'm not sure. Because it used to take like a year to come out in VHS and then an extra year to get to the UK. I don't know how it was where you grew up, Alex. But like the transition of American movies to international audience was long. The, uh, the first yeah, time I saw... Yeah, we got it the day it wrapped. <laughs> the first time I saw Star Wars films were on VHSs that had been recorded off TV that my brother had. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. I remember adverts from that time so, so well from just like watching them each time you rewatch the Star Wars movie. But yeah, apparently I really pissed people off because I was like running up and down the aisles firing my imaginary blaster like while the movie was happening. You can imagine if you're a true Star Wars fan and you'd waited three years for this final installment in the trilogy and there's some fucking little three-year-old shit just running around making pew-pew noises all the time. You would have been livid. Jeez. Growing up, me would have been very upset. Yeah, but yeah, that was my experience with it, and I remember all the toys as I was watching this movie. Like, I was like, "Yep, had that toy, had that toy, had that." I think it was like my first serious toy collection was from Revenge of the Jedi, and I didn't even remember it until. Do you still have it? No, no, they're all like donated to like a family friend's kid, uh, Mm. where my mom I think thought, and they're all worth not a lot of money, but a collection of that. You know, you're worth something. Yep, frustrating. Good one. Christina, is there any way you can tilt your laptop a little bit? Because all I can see is your nose. <laughs> Thank you. Is that better? As much as I do like, that is my favorite part of you to talk to. But that's so that's, that was how I got, yeah, that was really, this was my 
introduction to cinema and i hadn't really thought about it but it might have defined some of the things that i like about uh, movies to this day alex what was your experience like with this movie from when i first watched it or this recent watch oh sorry you just took a bite of a sandwich first time so yeah as i said (laughs) the first time i would have watched it would have been on a vhs that my brother had where he recorded it off tv i remember he had all three on vhs that he'd recorded off tv so my brother's a few years older than me and he was like the big star wars fan and being the little brother you know you copy what big brother does i remember i suddenly had a memory watching this back this time where as a kid i think this was probably out of the three of them the first one i saw And I suddenly had a flashback to being confused as a kid, thinking that this was the first one because the Death Star wasn't finished yet. Right. So obviously not like thinking of the end. I must have been like, yeah, three or like that young. And yeah, not sort of tying it all together immediately. Put the fucking canon together, young Alex. Yeah, I know. Get with it. It it might also just prove that they need to come up with different, uh, they should have come up with different (laughs) battle stations or... Yeah, we're definitely we're gonna get to that in a minute for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, yeah, that would have been my first experience. I remember as a kid, again, another memory that was sort of brought up through rewatching it was feeling how how scared I was of the Emperor as a kid. Yeah. The first time I saw him. He's a spooky he's a spooky boy. Yeah. He's like the makeup on him is pretty spooky. Yeah. Yeah, like there were a couple of things in this movie, and as we go through it, we'll hit them, but there's a couple of things that really freaked me out as a young kid Mm -hmm. um, a lot. Uh, so, Christina, this is your first well, laugh with us. <laughs> we were young, innocent. This is your Wimps. first experience with Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. This is the first time I've watched it. All right. I'm kind of excited to get your fresh ex- eyes on it because yeah, you've been yeah. enjoying them so far. Yes, so far. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, let's just get straight into it then because we're going to try and make these a little bit shorter because we've been overrunning on the last two. So just a couple of facts about this movie before we go into the box office of that year. Revenge of the Jedi was, yeah, originally obviously famously going to be called, sorry, Return of Jedi was originally going to be called <laughs> Revenge of the Jedi, but it was seen as, as too violent uh, notion for the Jedi Masters. Uh, it was released in 1983. It runs at two hours, 11 minutes long, but then in the re-release uh, versions, it runs 14 minutes. It runs at uh, two hours, 14 minutes. There's like a few extra minutes shoved in, which we'll definitely be getting to. Its budget was $32.5 million, and it grossed $309 million. That is including re-releases, when they did those re-releases there. It was production, it was actually uh, the shortest production. Uh, It was six weeks shorter shooting schedule than Empire Strikes Back, which was from 12th of June 1981 to 27th of January 1983, and it was only filming from 11th of January 1982 to 20th of May 1982. So they managed to do the whole thing from shooting to finish it in under a year, which was pretty impressive. It was directed by Richard Marquand, who was basically hired because he could deliver stuff on budget and on time. He's done nothing else <laughs> of note before, nothing else of note afterwards. Uh, that's literally the reason Jules Lucas gave it. Was like It was such a worry for him after the debacle of Empire Strikes Back running over schedule and running over budget that he wanted to make sure that didn't happen again. They did go to some other directors. They offered, <laughs> okay, yeah, they offered the film to David Lynch. Um, <gasps> oh, wow. <laughs> That would have been that cool. That would have been amazing. Yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy. Oh, uh, man. He turned it down because he said the film is, it's Lucas's baby and he, and he didn't want to touch it. And he went off and made June instead. 
Uh, but think oh. of the different world it would be if <laughs> oh David Lynch made Return of the Jedi. Fucking crazy. And Lucas initially went to your, his dear friend Steven Spielberg, but because Lucas had had to separate from the Director's Guild over his disputes with Empire Strikes Back and not having actors' names at the front of it and blah, 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 uh, he wasn't allowed to hire Steven Spielberg because Spielberg was a part of the Director's Guild. Because guilds can fuck off <laughs> when they're not allowing people to do the work that they want to do. And Spielberg really wanted to direct it, but he just literally wasn't allowed to in the Hollywood system. So, Which also, I would love to see Spielberg because he's never done a Star Wars film. And it makes perfect sense for him to do a Star Wars film. What else? Yeah, when they started, when they went into production, they didn't have a finished script. They just had ideas and blueprints basically from Lucas. So they went straight into budgeting and scheduling with no script present at that point and uh, had to go on faith and started building sets. And I think about everything else I want to get into as we go through the movie. But those are the main the main things. It was written by Lawrence Kasdan, who had worked with him on Empire Strikes Back, and George Lucas himself was not just working on the story, he worked directly on the screenplay. Which, yeah, there's some more to say about that, but we will get to it later. All right, so Christina... I believe you have the top 20 movies of 1983, my favorite bit of any retrospective podcast with you. <laughs> As me and Alex are going to pass judgment on each of these films. Okay, are you guys ready? Yep, reverse order from 20 up. I know, I know. Number 20, Porky's 2, The Next Day. All right. How is two the, the bit that threw you? <laughs> I was debating whether to say two or second. Porky's two uh, the next day. I don't think I I don't think I ever saw Porky's two, but Porky's one is a classic. So yeah. Okay, I've never seen it. Okay, number nineteen. 19. Silkwood. Okay. Never heard of this movie. I haven't. Don't either. believe it exists. That is not real. Eighteen. Eighteen. Gentle. Um, so this, this one I was so worried about the spelling of this because I'd never heard of it and the spelling was so weird we just had to go and double check it existed <laughs> but it's it is a uh, Barbara Streisand filmed right it is, yeah. it is have you seen it Alex no no <laughs> how do you know that then <laughs> you fucking weirdo <laughs> he did research before he googled <laughs> he knows I Streisand. just know all of Barbara Streisand's work but I've never watched or listened to any of it <laughs> that's a lie <laughs> Number That's a particular type of fan. <laughs> yeah. Number 17, Jaws 3D. Yeah. Oh my God, Jaws this 3D. Movie messed me up. I remember, so my parent, my dad was watching this uh, way later when it was on VHS or whatever. And the shark, when it, it could have set, you know, in Disney World. And Jaws breaks through SeaWorld's like pipe that they actually have with sharks like swimming around it. And I saw just that scene, and we were about to go to Disney World <laughs> on holiday, and it fucked me up completely. It really did. <laughs> Awful film. Bad though. movie, though. Very bad. bad. <laughs> Dennis, uh, Dennis Quaid, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's almost, though, three is almost so bad, it's fun. Yeah. But I think not quite. <laughs> okay, number 16. Blue Thunder. Don't Nothing. <laughs> no comment. It's the prequel to Days of Thunder. Number 15, Scarface. Yeah. It's a proper f- film. Yeah. Did you Number say 14. Scarface what? or Scarf Ace? Scarface. <laughs> oh, oh, Scarface, yeah. <laughs> Not Scarf Ace. What a, what a difference one separation means. <laughs> Number 14, guys. Get it together. The Big Chill. This is a great film. It's a real classic. Number 13, Superman 3. Yeah, I don't like this movie. 
Number 12, Nash, na- <laughs> National <laughs> National <laughs> Lampoon's Vacation. Classic. Uh, everyone loves this film. I don't get it personally. The only National <laughs> Lampoon's are like a National Lampoon's Animal House and National Lampoon's Van Wilder. <laughs> Those are both good. Those are both very good. But Vacation's Number 11, Risky Business. Oh, Tom Cruise. This is a weird film. Yeah, have you seen this yeah. film recently? It's really weird. He is a pimp. <laughs> it's really <laughs> dark. I have to rewatch it. Really it. Number okay. 10, Mr. Mom. Never seen it. I've Number it. Never seen it. 11, Sudden Impact. This is the prequel to Deep Impact. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number 8, War Games. Yeah, great movie. Number seven. Sorry, I, have a weird, I have a very weird number that just keeps ringing my phone over and over again, and I don't know who it is, and it's freaking me out. Are they leaving yeah. a message? No. Don't mm. like it. Yeah. It upsets me. If it's important, they would leave a message. It's the National Lampoon people. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't like our movie? <laughs> they heard you. <laughs> number seven. Did I do number seven? Nope. We're on to, yeah, number seven. That's what we're on to. Trading Places. Classic. Yep, lots of classic movies this year. Number six, Terms of Endearments. Yep, Ooh. another one. Number five, Staying Alive. Oh, it rhymed. <laughs> Number four, Never Say Never Again. So yeah, this is weird because we've got, let's go, okay, number three. Octopussy! <laughs> we've got two Bond films. Oh, is that really? accurate? Did one carry over from the year before? Or did they both come out the same year? I, I'm not a Bond fan, so I don't know. That's strange. Yeah, that is strange. Damn Bond. Just taking over. And then the last couple of movies? Number two, Flashdance. And number one, Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Every time, number one movie of the year. Pretty staggering. I don't know how many movies have done Obviously. That. <laughs> and Flashdance. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that movie in ages. Now I have a different number that's ringing me. Is the world ending? Does someone need to tell me something? Stop. It looks this is okay really weird. outside right now. Yeah, that's what you I'm think. In the, I'm in the future. So. Okay, so it's a cool year. Not many. We're getting like Superman 3 is thrown in there. War Games, I guess, is sort of sci-fi, but it's really like a different era of movies. There's not too many science fiction-y things going on that are getting into that top 20 charts anyway. Star Wars stands alone pretty much. But yeah, still... Still, uh, yeah, Marvel's been making a ton of money and doing very well for themselves. So at the time, Alex, I don't know if you know these facts, but did people know like this is the end? The end? Because had they added by this point the six to the movies or was that still later to come? I feel like they would have because they... Damn, I need to go back and check my facts because I'm trying to remember when they added <laughs> it to to A New Hope. Yeah. And I feel like it was before yeah. this, so... I think it was. I think it was like a Pond VHS release or something they added in or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if people at the time went in thinking that this was the last one, but I think it was uh, pretty clear by the end. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> 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 they went done. <laughs> Once people saw Ewoks, like, ah, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the end. All right. <laughs> this is the, yeah, intentional end. All right, Alex, I'm going to pass it over to you, sir. You're going to take us through this movie, Return of Jedi. Let's go. Okay, so... Oh, crap, I lost my notes. <laughs> we can't do this, guys. <laughs> it's all time. All right, let's go home. Okay, so uh, after the... We are home. <laughs> <laughs> 
after the opening crawl and the Return of the Jedi episode six, we zoom down onto the new Death Star, or it looks like an unconstructed, uncomplete, uh, uncompleted Death Star. And we're in a. Let me stop you for one second, Alex. Already, because we get the <laughs> opening crawl. <laughs> no, no, no. Can we get the opening crawl? And uh, quite a lot of stuff seems to have happened. Like they like to like yep. jump. Like you, there's still no idea of a time frame. I don't know if it's been a month or years, but they really seem to have. Because we left it, uh, and the last one of they're all like Han Solo has been taken off. He's found out Darth Vader's his father. They've been told that there's another person who might have Force powers or something. And it's like, and you just dropped, and now it's like everybody's off on their own adventures, just mm-hmm. something, which is like it's a weird opening. My my feeling, other than like the jump between the prequels to like Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope, and the jump between Re- Revenge of the uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, where it's like, I feel like that the the gaps year gaps are in real time, They're like between releases. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, okay. So it's been like three years. Three years. Yeah. yeah. Look, looking for Han Solo, basically. Mm-hmm. Or, or like basically, well, it seems they- to be the predominant thing that they're doing. Yeah. So I think I said it in the last one. There's the um, Shadows of the Empire books, which were canon, part of the extended universe, which explained like everything they did between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and like how they planned to save Han Solo, how Luke built a new lightsaber and continued his Jedi training and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't fucking okay. count anymore. <laughs> no, you wasted your time. I know. All right, sorry. Sorry to hijack. Continue. So, so we see the um, incomplete Death Star. We're on an Imperial shuttle, which is approaching it. It docks and Vader comes out. He speaks immediately to one of the commanders who approaches him and he says that they have to get the Death Star back on schedule. And the commander's like, but I need more men. Uh." And Vader reveals to him, well, you can tell the Emperor that because he's coming to visit this battle station and he's not going to be as forgiving as me. And the guy's like, this is the most English English conversation I've ever heard. It's ridiculous. (laughs) They're both like doing these thinly veiled kind of threats. And it's it's like the accent's so british and the conversation's so polite <laughs> yeah it's like it's not fader it's crazy yeah. this is the only film where he doesn't force choke anybody and this is a moment where you feel like no he'd he'd kill someone normally but i feel like immediately in this movie they're trying to paint darth fader in a different light from this scene straight away it's like no you need to empathize for this dude now for sure and i think it like from that line of him saying the emperor's not going to be as forgiving like i think they really hammered down the vader is under the emperor's control and i remember as a kid watching it like that was the first time i realized oh vader's actually not the top dog like Mm. he answers to someone else completely completely he had some lightness (laughs) yeah yeah no i know like they obviously mentioned stuff beforehand but it definitely does feel like a little bit of retroactive kind of storytelling of trying Mm -hmm. to kind of go okay we need to take this in a slightly different direction now so we're gonna just get away with this as much as we can but it's it's yeah it's fine i, I prefer being empathetic to my villains so i kind of like yep. being that way with vader same and from there we transport ourselves back to a very familiar planet the planet of tatooine and we're back with r2 and 3po who are on their way to jabba's palace they knock on the door and there's a funny exchange with 3po sort of being 
cowardly and not wanting to go in and R2 encouraging him and saying that they have to deliver a message to Jabba. They're taken in. They meet Jabba's right-hand man, Bib Fortuna, who's like a Twi'lek alien with the big two Is tentacle things. Is that the guy things. with the f- flesh horn thing? <laughs> Excuse <flesh> me. Horn. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, kind of inappropriate. But no, his like head has yeah, this, he's like, like horn that wraps around, but it's yeah, the same the color, two- <laughs> color as it's flesh, flesh horn. <laughs> Yeah, the two... I really liked him. The two big flesh horns. <laughs> um, and he he takes he takes um, R2 and 3PO to, to Jabba. And <laughs> so, so at this point, if we had watched these in the cinema, this would have been the very first time we'd see Jabba the Hutt. But now yeah, because we've heard of, about him. Yeah. He's mentioned in A New Hope, isn't he? He's mentioned in A New Hope. He's mentioned in... Empire Strikes Back as well. We constantly mm-hmm. have this sort of recurring subplot of, of of Han Solo having a bounty on his head and owing Jabba a bunch of money. So I really like how, like, yeah, this opening going back to like Tatooine, it's echoing a new hope. You just get these really quiet openings in these movies. Like, it's really chilled out. They introduce mm-hmm. the baddies and then they just go and, like, it's just very relaxed and it just seems very peaceful. And you immediately, immediately get a much higher content of labyrinth style monsters in this movie. Yeah. Like it is Oh my god. That was my so favorite many. thing about it. Yeah, I loved what you said it was funny. No, no, oh. just there's so many of them. Oh, yeah. so many. Yeah, that was that's what I liked the most about this opening scene. Well, not opening scene, but you know, uh getting into Jabba's lair and seeing all of the the monsters. Yeah, they just cool designs. <laughs> Yeah, like, I all mean, the I guess puppets. they're all aliens. Where, are they puppets? Were they puppets? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're all puppets. But it's all like it's it so your cool. three years. Because what was it? The first Muppet movie was like seventy nine, I think, or something like that. But the labyrinth and things didn't happen until eighty six. So it was right in the middle and really kind of a forefront of yeah, getting puppets into movies. And this one's stuffed with I toy potential. <laughs> they were oh, all yeah. so really cool. Yeah. We can get and they into. Speak amazing. I love like these first sentences were like Dawana Wanka. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of the other goes Jabba Wanka. <laughs> it's just so fucking good. Yeah, I mean, that's it was really cool. great. That's what I like about um, Bib Fortuna, the guy with the flesh horns, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because he he has his own language. But then there's like little bits where he drops in English, and you don't need subtitles yeah. for it, and you understand the context of what he's saying, and that's really cool. So yeah, so he ends up. Taking R two to, to in front of Jabba in the in the palace chambers, and R two plays a message from Luke, who's dressed all in black and sort of looking very confident. And he says that he seeks an audience with Jabba to bargain for Solo's life, and in return he offers R two and three PO, which three PO goes, oh what? And then Bib Fortuna, aka Fleshhorn, leans over to Jabba and says like he's no Jedi. And Jabba laughs and declines the offer and says that he's not going to deal with Luke because he loves his best decoration. Um, and then that's when it's revealed Han Solo's carbonite self. Body. Like body. wall hanging, yeah. Jabba but looks he, so fucking good. I've yeah. forgotten how good he looks. Yeah. Like yeah. insanely good. Way better than he looked in the last one, right? At the end, that weird mm-hmm. foot thing. Oh yeah, yeah. When they added him back in to a yeah. new hope, and they did mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this pu- puppet version looks so good. It took them three months to make this, and half a million dollars just wow. to make Jabba. 
Yeah, it oh looks gosh. really amazing. There were bits in it where I was like, is that CGI? Like really good CGI? I'm like, no, that's the puppet and it looked better than the CGI. Yeah, because just to clarify again, they are adding in bits of CGI and adding bits here and there in this film. Uh, yeah. But they don't seem to be doing it on Jabba. I didn't notice it on him. Mm. It was weird when they added the... Because all of the puppets looked so good. And then it was weird when they added the CGI dancers. Oh, so I'm getting to that. Yes. So just prior to <laughs> that prior to that part, R2 and 3PO were taken to another droid who assigns them jobs. He assigns 3PO to be the translator in the main chamber and R2's assigned to the sail barge. Just want to mention that Al's favorite little trash can droid is getting tortured in this scene. My favorite oh, in the movie. I know that droid workshop is really cool. Not workshop, but you know, whatever. I love it. He's just screaming. Yeah. He's like, no, no. <laughs> and he just keeps going, and for no reason. There's really like, no context for it whatsoever. Just torturing this poor droid. Yeah, yeah. that's sad. And so then after that, just what you mentioned, Christina, we cut to a very CGI heavy dance musical number with the Max Rebo band. Now, this song was, th- and this scene was, originally there was a band, Max Rebo band scene with a different song, but in the re-releases, they've added this new one with this crazy singer-dancer, and it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really it's takes you out of that. Hard that world that they created for you. <laughs> this yeah. is one of those baffling decisions that Lucas makes, where it's like you get that harmonica alien puppet that's so funny who starts playing the song. And yeah, I had to look it up because I can't remember the original version anymore. So I had to look up like, you know, comparison stuff on YouTube and things and write-ups. And it was it was there and it was, like you say, this song. And it was actually the green slave girl doing the dance. But then apparently they accidentally talked to someone when they were saying, oh, we're going to be changing the song and extending the scene with CGI characters all over it. They happened to mention that to someone who happened to be the brother of the girl who played this slave girl. And he said, oh, you should talk to her again because she's in better form now than she was even way back in 1983 when they did this. So they actually brought her back 15 years later to play the same role to like fill out that scene properly oh wow um, and then yeah shove all of these cgi monstrosities <laughs> around her and it's just baffling it's like why because do i don't i don't feel like the original music number went for that long either like this one just no, no, really no, like drags and really breaks momentum like <laughs> it's yeah. just it's, it's and, and it's it's awful and it's such a it's, yeah it's just buff it's really it's just baffling to me i don't understand um, and the poor girl does like there's two famous memes online because the girl did like two nipple slips during the whole thing because she's not even wearing any bra or anything under she's wearing this like net top to it mm. right and there's like th- two or three points throughout the scene where you can see her boobs in it so it just seems strange to draw extra attention to the whole thing anyway but not a so yeah th- there's our thoughts on that scene we then cut to yeah. a mysterious <laughs> bounty hunter arriving with the mighty Chewbacca as Jabba calls it, which I think is really cool. I like when they add mighty in front of Chewbacca because he is so mighty. Yeah. And this mysterious, this mysterious bounty hunter uh, speaking in a crazy weird language. Yeah. Brings, brings him before Jabba. Jabba offers 25,000, but the bounty hunter wants double. Um, and then the bounty hunter brings out a thermal detonator and Jabba laughs and moves his tongue around. And he says, oh, I like you. You're my kind of villain and scum and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he offers 35000 and the bounty hunter deactivates the thermal detonator and he agrees. And then Chewie's taken away by the Gamorrean guards. What do you guys think of the Gamorrean yeah. guards, the big pig-faced green things? You mean the orcs? 
the orcs. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They look cool, man. I mean, it's so weird because we're in full on yeah, monster territory. But I really love like the amount of extras in this scene. It's so cool. There's so mm-hmm. many different designs. Some of them are dumb. Some of them are fantastic. And then you got like Boba Fett just hanging out in the corner chatting up some hot blue chick, which is just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also at this point, as we're kind of panning the room and seeing all these people, we see a man with a with a helmet on, and he kind of lowers the the face mask part, and it's oh, and it's yes. Lando yes. Um, for the camera. It's so great. It's like there's yeah, no reason for yeah. him to do it. It's just like, oh, it's me, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that bit was pretty funny. And from there, we cut to nightfall. The the main chamber, everyone's asleep, and the mysterious bounty hunter appears. Um, and then the bounty hunter goes over to Han's carbonite wall, presses a few buttons, and Han unfreezes and falls to the ground. And he he's blind, he can't see, he's disorientated, and the bounty hunter takes off her helmet, and it turns out to be Leia. And they have a kiss. Um, and then suddenly, in the darkness, we hear Jabba laughing, and it all becomes a bit ominous, and behind them, a curtain opens, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they've just been chilling out they've all been like no shh, 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 shh. and they're yeah, like snickering yeah. behind the curtain no it's gonna be really funny it's just and like did quiet, Jabba like quiet. signal someone like okay pull the curtain now pull the curtain now <laughs> and the curtain opens oh, and Jabba's so there with uh, Bib Fortuna aka Flesh Horns and the rest of the it's just Flesh Horn from now on that other name means nothing does to me does that anymore. little gremlin guy have a name he's cute you know, Jab- the he- one that lives on Jabba? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. he does. does. He, have a name? Um, he does. I've forgotten his name. I was looking him up, actually, last he night was because funny. he reminds me of one directly from the labyrinth. He's so similar. There's a dog in my neighborhood. There's a dog in my neighborhood that looks exactly like him. And every, <laughs> oh. time I walk, every time I walk my dog, that little Jabba dog gets up on its lounge like it, and its window facing the street and starts barking at it. And all I think of is that little critter thing. Does it not just laugh manically? I kept yeah. having visions of they had to spend an entire day shooting this thing and all it does, it looks around, looks in another direction and just goes, <laughs> that's all it does. It doesn't do anything else. It just looks at something oh, and then laughs. so good. So a little, a little kind of movie mistake in this part that uh, no. is that when Han Solo is unfrozen, He's wearing a tucked-in, double-breasted shirt. But if you go back to Empire Strikes Back, when he's frozen, he's actually wearing an untucked, button-down shirt. Little. And I thought something looked weirdly mistake. different, and I couldn't figure oh, it out. I thought Thank so you. too. Yeah. I thought maybe he was in a completely different outfit, but I didn't know. Yeah. yeah so. And I didn't do my shirt. research to check. <laughs> <laughs> and so from here, after Jabba laughs. Leia's taken away and Han's taken away and he's taken down into the, the prison cells. And then we have a great shot of like him being blind in the cell and there's just like a, a stream of light that's just shining down on Chewie's face. And he comes out and gives Han a big hug and then they have this really and cool hug. It's so good. It's yeah, so and they have good. this so good. <laughs> yeah, it's it was so cute. Sweet. It was funny. And and he has this um he has this really wonderful conversation with Han and tells Han that Luke's a Jedi and Han says something like a Jedi he's like I've been gone for a while and everyone has delusions of grandeur which I think is really funny and Um, I agree 
Because Luke comes in in the next scene and he's a very different character suddenly. Oh, like, he's cocky. radically different. Yeah. yeah he's so, a cool motherfucker suddenly. So we cut to the next scene where the palace gates are just opening and this shadowy figure starts walking through the same path that 3PO and R2 took. The Gamorrean guards go up to him, he gets them aside, and then Bib Fortuna, aka Fleshhorns, comes up to him. And, and Luke, and we realize now it's Luke, and he uses a Jedi mind trick on Bib Fortuna to get him to take him to Jabba. And so he gets to Jabba and Bib is saying, oh, this is blah, blah, blah. And Luke tries to use more mind tricks on Bib Fortuna and Jabba says, you're an idiot. You're weak minded. He's using a Jedi mind trick on you. And Luke tries it on Jabba and it doesn't work on him. And then Luke in a, a very slug. cocky way then threatens Jabba to release his friends and not to underestimate his powers. And Jabba just laughs and then drops Luke and a poor innocent Gamorrean guard into the rancor. Yeah. Pit. And I that know. poor guard was probably a few days from retirement. He. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. He's great. He doesn't even need to go in. He's like, froze himself in and it's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't. It's really weird. Yeah, two things really quickly though with the scenes. Like, one, I do find it interesting. Like the narrative so far is we're quite a ways into this movie or we've not really the runtime of it, but we've been watching it for a while and we don't really know what's going on. Like we know mm. obviously there's some plan, but we're really in the dark about what this plan is and what's going to happen, which is an interesting, I kind of like it, but it's a really interesting way to open your movie with heroes that you're meant to be attached to is suddenly not knowing what's going on and what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other big thing, obviously in this scene that I, we do have to talk about briefly is the iconic golden bikini which has had a lot of controversy and a lot of yep. highs and lows in its career through the decades uh, so we have princess leia in that golden bikini which for boys of our generation was probably a sexual awakening for many 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 people uh, uh, jabber and flesh horns was my icon. awakening <laughs> <laughs> knew it but yeah, it's had a lot of controversy, particularly recently, with people getting really pissed off about it. They didn't. They petitioned for it to not have figures made of it again, because uh, they think it's like, demoralizing to women. Carrie Fish Fisher, before she passed away, did come out to talk about it. And while she had a lot of problems with it at the time, she did come out in support of it and said how, for her, it was kind of exciting to realize, well, that's she felt that that was the best she had ever looked in her life. And she got to kind of look that great and, spoilers for in a few scenes time, kill a baddie while doing it kind of thing mm. uh, but there's definitely a lot of controversy around that golden bikini so yeah you're the like, lady on the podcast there's a part later on when they're on the sail barge sorry to just like jump ahead well, yeah she... you're not the lady alex <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding go on you could be a lady he too. likes flesh arms he can be the lady no no it's just it it watching it back i was like holy crap like she's almost naked like it's insane Especially mm -hmm. when George Lucas pitches this film as being something you made for 12-year-olds. Do you know what I mean? Well, mm. okay. So, Christina, I do want you to talk about this. I do. Let me just give you all the information first. So, just to be clear, the truth about this situation was she had been complaining for the first two movies that all of her costumes were too long. And she felt that she wasn't... Uh, she had to tape her breasts down, as we talked about before as well for the previous films. And she felt she no one could tell that she was a woman. And she was in that burgeoning time during these films from going from being a 19-year-old to like a 27-year-old. And she wanted she wanted to look more like a woman. So they literally designed this because she'd been moaning about it so much. Now, you could argue they went too far, for sure. And during, and during the shooting of it, it didn't move very well. So it was kind of a running joke with her on screen. 
because I'm oh, sorry on set because she didn't like using double sided tape. It's how they'd normally secure it. So instead, they had to always be careful where they position people because she was like, and you, there's great interviews with Carrie Fisher towards the end of her life saying it was, it was laughing about it and saying it was really funny because you'd have crew members who would suddenly get really embarrassed because not just her boobs, but they could see other things as well <laughs> because anytime she moved, the costume didn't move properly with her and stuff. But Christina, you're the lady, which means you're the authority. <laughs> so <laughs> how do you feel about the golden bikini? Well, so I I didn't know any of the controversy behind it the only thing i noticed was i mean it's kind of nice to have something completely different like a completely different costume change you know just it's just refreshing but what was weird is that java takes her and then changes her into changes her outfit basically Mm -hmm. and then spoiler i guess is when the Ewoks take her and then change her again. So it's these these different groups that take her and then make her into I don't know whatever they think that she should be. Which is mm-hmm. that's what I thought was weird about it. Not really the revealingness of her first change, but that these people take her and then change her. And it, well, it was just Let's- it was just a it was just uh, too obvious. Well, let's definitely get... Yeah, when we get to the Ewoks, let's definitely get to that because I think there's something to be said with that. Like, for Jabba, for me personally, it's like, it makes perfect sense. Like, he's clearly like... There are a lot of memes going away around as well of Jabba with Trump's hair on because he's just... (laughs) Oh my God, And I can't watch those scenes anymore without thinking of... But he is. He's a lecherous, like, deviant, you know, and and his whole setup is like Roman orgy parties kind of thing. And all Mm -hmm. the other girls he have are on chains and in bikinis and... I think narratively it makes perfect, perfect sense. It really yeah. does. I, I get that her. there was a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that there was a problem for some people in terms of well, she's the female role model in this. Um, she's the princess, and then we're like fetishizing her essentially. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it was. impossible without crawling inside costume designers and George Lucas's head. It's impossible to know whether that was the intent or not. Uh, but it definitely did, for better it or did, for worse. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, you have to come down to does it make sense narratively? Which for me, it does. And B, did the actor have problems with it? And she didn't. Well, she seemed to have some problems at the time, but just in more in how uncomfortable it was not to do with necessarily sexuality as much. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, she definitely laughed it off later on in life. But Alex, do you have, I mean, any other information about this? No, I think you covered it. Like, yeah, I'd heard the same as you uh, in more recent interviews that she had sort of come to terms with it a bit more. And sort of accepted, I guess, the cultural impact that it had. And I think in one interview, she even joked about, you know, sort of seeing the funny side of basically being being the fantasy for a lot of young boys. Mm-hmm. I think she may have even mentioned like wanking kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something Carrie Fisher would yeah. do. She yeah. Was, she had so much I, sass. She's amazing. And like getting a kind of. Not a kick, but like seeing the funny side of that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's it really. Okay. So yeah, from there we right. move on. So Luke obviously makes his threat, but then he's thrown into the Rancor pit. Um, the poor guard gets eaten first. And then suddenly, yeah, so the Rancor comes out. It's a big stop motion monster thing. Um, well, it used to be. It used to be. What do you mean? Yeah. 
Well, there are CGI elements on it. Oh, no, sorry, the Rancor. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. For a second. The Rancor, yeah, in the pit. So, sorry. stop motion. Luke gets picked up. He puts a bone in its mouth and ends up running around the, the pit and finds a, a big sort of like a, a door, basically, which he throws a rock at the door button. Doesn't use the force. Throws a rock. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> throws a rock. The force can only lift spaceships. It can't push buttons, Alex. Yeah, exactly. You can't so, operate machinery while using the force. It's a bad idea. Exactly. So he uh, throws throws a rock, which hits the button, which brings the door down on the Rancor and, and crushes it. And a really funny moment, which I, I really enjoyed this time for some reason, was just the, the Rancor keeper going in and crying and being confident. <laughs> He's funny. That's re- such a great touch. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And then this, this was the first thing, by the way, that scared the crap out of me. I remember when I was young, like that Rancor terrified me. It really yeah. did. It was just... Something about and it is it's pretty nasty when it bites that little orc dude in half and stuff. It does like a yeah. Jurassic Park on him. It's pretty horrible. Yeah, it's pretty pretty graphic. So then the trio, Luke, Han, and Chewie, are sent to be executed by the Sarlacc, which is a at this point we don't know what it is. It's just a creature in the in the dunes. And three PO tells them it'll be a pain like they've never experienced, where they'll slowly be digested over a thousand years. So then we cut to the sail barge and these barges that are going out into the dunes. R2 is on the barge now handing around drinks. He's on the main barge with Jabba and Leia. And on another barge are the prisoners. And there's a nice little bit where Han, who's still trying to get his sight back, is sort of telling Luke he just sees a bright spot. And Luke says to him, I used to live here, you know. And Han says to him, you're going to die here. Convenient. Which I thought was just a really good Han Solo (laughs) kind of like response. Considering the trap that they're about to do or the plan that they're about to enact, what would they have done if R2-D2 hadn't been commissioned to work on the barge? That's a good point. Mm. That's a good point. I guess Luke could foresee it with the Force. Okay, continue. (laughs) Wait, Um, but the the CGI. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that was CGI with the flying desert ships and the... I don't know. That mm-hmm. was pretty bad, right? Yeah, there's some bad. Was there's a bad it? mix, mix, mitch, mix. What's the word? Mishmat, mishap, mish, mishmash, mishmash. Yes, thank you. <laughs> My favorite type of potato. Uh, there's a weird mishmash of stuff in this scene, from practical mm-hmm. stuff to then CGI things added to it, uh, yeah. and in particular with the with the pit that they're thrown into. Mm. Um, yeah. So the pit itself, Christina, originally I think just had the kind of spikes on the sides of it as it went down, but they then added like that sort of plant-like mouth thing and the tentacles yeah. or some of the tentacles that were like coming out. Oh, I see. Um, don't like it at all. This pit thing used to be so creepy just with the teeth. It really upset me. It's one of those like organic too many teeth things. It's just like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then putting that big CGI sort of plant mouth in the middle of it just like spoils yeah. I don't know, the whole feel of it. Yeah. Like so that they're on the the barge and luke gives jabba one last ultimatum he looks at lando who's there still pretending to be a guard with his with his mask but they do this great great unsubtle nods to each other yeah exactly <laughs> and, all just like- and then uh luke looks up at r2 who's in position on jabba's barge and salutes gives a little salute yeah and then luke does this flying flip his lightsaber is thrown out by r2 he catches it he starts 
hitting people with his lightsaber. It all starts going crazy. In the this kind of little battle, Lando gets swung over the edge um, and he's like hanging by by the sail barge. Boba Fett, who's on Jabba's barge, jetpacks over to the prisoner barge <laughs> and Luke, uh, he shoots Chewie in the leg who like covers to protect Han. Luke cuts Boba Fett's blaster in half and mm-hmm. then... Boba Fett, one of the greatest bounty hunters in the galaxy, unceremoniously dies <laughs> when Han, who's blind, grabs a stick and not seeing where Boba Fett mm-hmm. is, Chewie says behind you, oh, watch out, and, and Han goes, Boba Fett, where? And turns around and hits his jetpack with the stick, <laughs> which then sets it off and sends him flying into Jabba's barge, hitting the side of it, and then... <laughs> He falls into the Sarlacc pit. And just dies immediately. And so, Christina, dies. I don't know if you noticed, but Boba, Boba Fett is like one of the most iconic, beloved characters in history. Not just in Star Wars. Like, Boba Fett is so beloved. And this is it. This, this is, is a, literally... a Fleshhorn guy? No, no. This is the guy in like the helmet that we saw in the previous in Empire Strikes Back. The He's bounty hunter. Ham Solo. Yeah, oh. the bounty hunter. Oh. Who they added like a new voice to in Empire Strikes Back. He's in like two scenes, basically, like three scenes maybe in the whole franchise so far. And they just kill him like this. And I had to go and read up about it. And apparently George Lucas, for some reason, he hadn't realized how much people loved Boba Fett after Empire Strikes Back. And he said if he had realized, he would have written him a better death uh, when Uh. he wrote Return of the Jedi. And he thought about when they went back and added all this shit. He thought about actually completely changing Boba Fett's death and reshooting it, but people he, he thought people would be too upset with that, and he didn't want to spoil the integrity of his film. <laughs> didn't give a shit at any other point. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting choices, George. Hmm. Yeah. So as all this is happening, Leia sort of takes her chance to now strangle Jabba with, with uh, the chain that she's connected to. And it's like this really oh, yeah. awesome, gruesome death scene where Jabba's disgusting tongue is like coming out. And, oh, it's great. Yeah. And she's just I did pulling like on that. Apparently it's a reference um, to the Godfather, apparently, which I didn't realize. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I remember Jabba in the Godfather. That was good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at this point, Lando, who is hanging off the prison barge, prisoner barge, falls down towards the Sarlacc and a Sarlacc tentacle grabs him. So Han, who's still kind of, who's still getting his sight back, is his legs are grabbed by Chewie, who hangs him over the edge, and then he is like aiming at the tentacle, and Lando's like, "Aim higher!" blah blah blah, and he shoots it, and the tentacle releases, and they're able to pick up Lando. R two cuts Leia's chains. Leia swings over with Luke back onto the prisoner barge, and they they split. They pick up the droids who have fallen into the sand, obviously, and they split. The gang splits. Yeah, they, they just say, like, for me, the most unrealistic thing of this entire scene is that they have two retractable magnets <laughs> on the bottom of this tiny ship that are the exact equidistance from each other to pick up the two droids. I thought <laughs> yeah. that was great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. As long we, as they we... get the droids, that's what's important. Yeah. Exactly. Because really, the Star Wars trilogy, I feel, is the droid story. And we shouldn't get it. can't be without. That's true. Yeah, so they split up and we are with Luke on his in his X-Wing where he sets coordinates for the Dagobah system. And he says he has to meet with an old friend. 
Okay, so quick time check. We're 40 minutes into the movie. 40. Four, zero minutes into the movie. Let's recap. They've rescued Han Solo. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's literally it. (laughs) Nothing else has happened yet. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just, I was so amazed when I checked my timer. Because I felt like, this feels like it's been going on a long while. And we haven't actually got to any plot yet. And yeah, it's fucking 40 minutes into the movie. Basically go. just to reset how they ended Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So uh, we then cut back to the Death Star. And now the Emperor has arrived. Vader is waiting for him on one knee with a bunch of commanders and stormtroopers. Yeah, and this bit's awesome. He comes down to like the steam coming off the Imperial transporter thing and appears with his cane, this old kind of, yeah, seemingly fragile sort of man. Uh, and has this conversation with Vader where he can sense that Vader wants to search for Skywalker, but he tells Vader to be patient and that Luke will come to him and together they will turn him to the dark side of the force. And then he does an evil cackle. And he does an evil cackle. Yeah, that, I remember that standing out to me because it's like, <laughs> I wonder what all those stormtroopers are thinking in that room as it cackle <laughs> yeah. echoes around. And this is the first time we see him, right? In person, basically. Yes. Yep. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. That was cool. Yeah, and I think this again plays with that sort of building that empathetic side of Vader with the sense yeah, of like definitely. feeding in that information of that he wants to find that he wants to find Luke. Um, but the the Emperor's reinforcing the kind of power dynamic and being like, No, you have to wait and we're gonna turn him. Oh yeah. He's definitely a top. For sure. And so from there, from the whole dark side conversation, we jump back to Dagobah and we're back in Yoda's little hut. Yoda is looking much older and more (laughs) fragile and sort of much weaker at this point. He even even says something like, when you reach 900 years old, see (laughs) see how strong you are or something like that. I had to play this scene back like three times to understand what Yoda said. Oh, really? Did you guys? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's, I don't know. I just couldn't understand him. Were you drinking at the time? <laughs> no, but the volume, I kept having to turn up higher and higher and higher. So right, I don't know right. if it was the volume or, it, so I guess it was just me then. That's <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of attuned to Yoda's way. I think if you, yeah, if you're not used to him, it's definitely weird speaking. And he's definitely slurring a bit here because they're trying to do the, it's hard to get words out because he's clearly dying. Yeah, um, which I found just I'd forgot all about this scene. I'll be honest, and it really kind of shocked me, and it was genuinely affecting, like really affecting. It was uh, really affecting. And yeah. wait, so when he disappears, he does. Yeah. He does. Oh yeah, but he just disappears. He becomes. Mm-hmm. It's, which is it, the same thing that happened with Obi Wan in the yeah. first one. Hmm. Okay. So Jedi's are basically water, and they evaporate when they. <laughs> okay, and that's just a part of sad. I did. I found this scene though, like initially just very forced because i was like it's very strange he spent so long before just going oh you're not ready to go you shouldn't go luke you shouldn't go and he's like oh my god he went well maybe there's another and then the first time he's seen him since we presume and he's no you're fine you can't learn anything else your training is complete basically (laughs) Mm. you just got to face this one last thing it seemed it seemed like he just it was weird just like he'd given up he's like oh fuck it i don't care anymore (laughs) you do what you want to do and then i went i went and read up about this as well and apparently this entire scene Yoda wasn't going to be in this film and it was added because George Lucas went and talked to a child psychologist who said unless because again this really for me 
speaks volumes about this movie, whether you love it or hate it, however you feel about it. But that they knew at this point that they had to appeal more to kids with these movies. And when I say kids, I mean the 12 and below bracket. They knew they had to sell toys, thus many, 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 many characters. And he went to a child psychologist to say, are kids going to be okay with Darth Vader being Luke's father? And the child psychologist said, since the information came from Darth Vader, kids under 12 won't uh, accept this information unless it's then backed up by someone who they trust. So he wrote this entire scene just so Yoda would for a second time say, yes, he is your father, basically, um, mm. to help kids believe the information we'd already been given sort of thing. And it also, makes, it, weird. it also makes you feel better, though, about about him that he went back, you know, to finish yeah. his training. It gives him more credit as somebody trustworthy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's I agree. true. No, I think and it's a great scene. That he was going to do good, hopefully. Yeah. I think it's a really cool scene. I just don't necessarily... Yeah, it's just interesting seeing the reasons behind it. And definitely that for me is that... Def- oh, okay, so they, they really, really are just trying to like capture the kid market mm. with this movie. For a sure. A lot more than before. And the thing that uh, surprised me watching it back was that when Luke asks him, my assumption was that Yoda would have sensed that Luke already knew. But Yoda's actually caught by surprise by Luke asking him. Because yeah. he says that it's yeah, unexpected and unfortunate. And then he's like, why is it unfortunate? And he's like, well, you weren't ready to carry that burden. Well, dude, he's 900. Maybe his powers are getting sleepy. <laughs> That's true. You just try being 900. See how surprised <laughs> you are, buddy. Yeah. He does also say, just for clarification of all the fucking whining fanboys who did all the speculation with the new movie coming out. I was like, who's the last Jedi? Who's the last Jedi? Well, he says it in this fucking scene. Yeah, he says, he when does. gone am I, the last of the Jedi you will be. Yeah. So, uh, Which is why when everyone got pissed with Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, coming out and going, well, it's Luke. And yeah. everyone was like, oh my God, spoilers. Like, you were told it in 1983. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he does say that line and then he goes on to, to say that the Force is strong in Luke's family, pass on what you have learned. And with these dying words, he says, there's another Skywalker. Um, and then he becomes one with the Force. And then Luke has his kind of revelation of like, wait a minute, who could that be? Also, one thing, and I have never heard anything about it, but I wonder if it was slightly annoying for Frank Oz as he was puppeteering. But when Yoda turns around, his ear that's on the pillow is like completely bent backwards. Yeah, oh, I saw no. that as well. And it's just- I didn't notice. Yeah, I, so I wonder if that was like a thing where it's like, we just go with it or there was no way around it without it making look very deliberate. But I thought it was To be honest, I kind of liked it because the, there are many nights when I go to sleep and I can, I'm so sleepy and I can feel my ears in a weird position and I just go, fuck it. I'm just going <laughs> to oh, do it like this. So I kind of feel if you're dying, maybe you don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> inverted. But then he gets to speak to Obi-Wan again. We he gets get, to speak uh, to Obi-Wan. Our yeah. old friend. Yeah, Obi-Wan appears and Luke... Again, confronts him and he's like, "Did you know, is this true? Blah, blah, blah. Why didn't you tell me? And Obi-Wan's like, well, Vader did kill your father from a certain point of view. Um, he gives like, a terrible line. He's like, so yeah. what I told you was true yeah. from a certain <laughs> point of view. Which yeah. is like, horrible. <laughs> and, then he, line. and then he goes on to say like, yeah, like he tries to explain that sort of viewpoint by saying, you know, a person's truth is their point of view or something like that. <laughs> but he goes on to say that the, the Vader is more machine now than man and he's twisted and evil. Luke 
this is where we first start to hear Luke kind of emphasize the point, which recurs until the end, that there's still good in his father and that he can sense that. And Obi-Wan reveals that Luke has a twin sister, and then that's when Luke realizes it's Leia. But Obi-Wan tells him to to bury his feelings, um, otherwise they'll be used against him by the Emperor. Um, Plus, stop making out with your sister. Exactly. <laughs> they um, never kissed, did they? And did they, not even, yeah, they made out in the last one. Did they make out? Yeah, yeah well, it's kind of like a joke, but it's a lone proper kiss. Oh, to make, a, to make Solo jealous, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah. That's and Luke is so, so like proud well, and we'll, cocky of that in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll come back to it later because there's definitely something creepier in this film, I feel, to do with um, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I know what you're going to mention. And then so we cut to a rebel briefing, uh, briefing, briefing with uh, Mon Mothma, <laughs> where she's revealing the new plans for the, uh, reveal it, re- where she reveals that the rebels acquired the plans for the new Death Star and that they know that the yeah. Emperor is on the Death Star at this point. She says that they know that it's protected by shields on the forest moon of Endor. And so they assemble a team to go on an Endor excursion. Lando is going to lead the rebel fleet to destroy the Death Star while Han volunteers to take a crew down to Endor to disable the shield. And there's this funny kind of cheesy moment where he's like, do you have a team assembled, Han Solo? And he's like, and Chewie goes, oh, and he's like, oh, I didn't want to ask you, pal. It's going to get pretty hairy down there. And then he's like, he's in. And then he's like, I'm in. And then Leia's like, I'm in. And then Luke appears and he's like, don't count me out. <laughs> it's just kind of. <laughs> I want to recreate the first movie. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of funny. Um, and then we cut to the, the hangar where Han has a very kind of funny moment with Lando where he's telling him to look after the Falcon and and not get a scratch on her. And then he has a moment where he's in the Imperial transporter that they're taking where he's looking at the Millennium Falcon and Leia comes over and she's like, what's the matter? And he's like, I just think it's going to be the last time I see her. <laughs> that really worried me. The yeah, whole same. rest of the movie, I was like, oh no. Like, don't Land- scratch it. Not yeah. even about the ship, but Lando. Gosh, you guys don't even care oh, about Lando. I was like, Lando. oh no, Lando's going <laughs> to die. No. Yeah, I, don't, exactly. I don't know why I never, I never, I don't care about Lando. At all. I, I just love care about Lando. He's always there, you know. <laughs> he tricked them before. You he could trust brought me. Darth oh, yeah, Vader but, for tea. Yeah, but he, you know, he, you know, he's been there. <laughs> he's been he's there. done bad things for support. You can get <laughs> since then. Okay, so we're, we're nearly an we're nearly an hour into the movie, and we now have a plot, which is. Let's do the first film and blow up the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. So can I clarify something with you guys? They briefly in like one sentence mentioned some people who got the plans for this Death Star. The Bothan spies. To give to them. Mm-hmm. So Rogue One, which obviously we'll be getting to later, is covering some people who got for the first film. Yes, not for this one. It's for the first film. Are we going to get a prequel film, you think, where we have to deal with this lot as well? <laughs> we got these plans for this. Well, it- uh, how many... Again, in the the book that I mentioned earlier, Shadow of the Empire, that explores that storyline of the Bothan spies. Did you write this book? By I any was chance? just going to say that exact thing. Is Are you there hoping a for link residuals to this book? So this book that I wrote that video. is no longer fucking canon. <laughs> it is if you say it is, buddy. Yeah. C three PO at this point he turns to R two D two and goes, "Here we go again." I wrote down, I agree, but. 
are we having yeah. fun was my question because mm-hmm. that, that's what I was like I've been having a good time but at the same time I, I feel acutely and I think it's just watching it how we have to for this podcast really paying attention to you know the details of the story and stuff but I was acutely aware of nothing has happened yet in this yeah. movie We're an hour in nothing's happened and then the premise that you're giving me that's about to happen is something we've already seen before yeah. but I'm, I'm having a good time but it feels to me the same way I don't know if you guys seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but it feels like that to me at the moment. It's like I'm hanging out with characters that I like and they're not really doing anything that matters, but I'm having fun hanging out with them, basically. That's how it felt. But I was wishing they were having a little bit more fun, even at that point, you know, with each other. Yeah, yeah, Han Solo hasn't been as charismatic in this one so far. Yeah, because The Empire Strikes Back, all the characters had a lot of fun with each other. That was a little bit more exciting to watch. Their relationship. Yeah, they did. That was all that kissy kissy. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I completely agree with you guys. There's like less kind of of that character dynamic. But then mm-hmm. I think the shift then is really about Luke the Emperor and Vader. Is like yeah. kind of what like he like I yeah, I was having so much fun up until this point, but you're right, it's like not a lot has happened and yeah, and we're going back into the same kind of thing. But mm-hmm. but that sort of but- story with the emperor and vader and, and luke is like really yeah we're getting the proper soap opera yeah. family drama thing is happening mm-hmm. now particularly once you've now got Leia in as well and but yeah but we are about to go at least to a new location on endor which i was really just pleased to see something different because we've been back to tatooine we've been before mm-hmm. it's nice to get like yeah this green lush jungle christina you look very happy i'm <laughs> so i love endor is that what it's called endor <laughs> yeah yeah called i endor. love it it is my so far my favorite location nice well that might be because it was a uh, shot just north of you guys in california oh really where san francisco yeah in the uh, Red near crescent city what yeah. is it near crescent city in the redwoods oh the redwoods wow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so before we go to endor we actually jump back to the death star um and jump back to the emperor who's now sitting menacingly in this seat that overlooks the kind of overlooks Endor and the sort of approach of the rebel fleet um, and he tells Vader and his commander to send the Imperial fleet to the far side of Endor until called for. And then he just says to Vader, go to the command ship and await his orders. So he's kind of laying out his plan and, yeah, says that he's foreseen so, everything. So you say menacingly. I kept, I, me and my mom, I was watching this movie with my mom <laughs> last night and we both kept laughing every time he was in his chair and just would swivel around and then swivel <laughs> back and it looked so stupid to me and I couldn't figure out why. And then when I was looking through the trivia, they had made a mechanized chair and it broke immediately. <laughs> so the actor, the actor had to move the chair with his feet. <laughs> Off screen every time. Oh, nice. <laughs> and they would just put little bits of tape on the floor so he could feel with his toes when he had to stop. And then he would just like <laughs> scuffle back around. I need to watch that again now. They should have just like body. tied an invisible string and had somebody pull it off screen. Didn't have the budget. Didn't have the budget for it. Oh, Got to pay for all them Ewoks that we're about to get to. <laughs> so we cut back to the Imperial transport that the rebels have acquired with Han um, and the gang and they request that the command ship deactivate the shield so they can get onto Endor. Chewie's kind of freaking out a bit and Han's like, hey, just fly casual. Um, at this point, Luke senses <laughs> Vader on the command ship and Vader senses Luke and Luke at that point's like, I'm endangering the mission. Like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here. 
And then we cut to them, oh, but then Vader goes and he asks the commander, he's like, who is that? Do they have a code? And he's like, yeah, it's an old code, but it clears out. And Vader knows that Luke's there, but he's like, yeah, let them land. And then they arrive on Andor and the team head out. Yeah, and at this point, I didn't realize up until this point that it wasn't just the four of them yeah. or three of them on the, the ship. There's a whole bunch of other... Rebel troops. It's a magical team that turns up. It's like playing a Japanese RPG game and you go into a battle and suddenly all of your party appears out of yeah. nowhere. I didn't know where they all came from. Because I always imagined those Imperial ships being pretty small, but I guess they've got like a whole loading dock for 20 yeah, They didn't get to troops. ride up front in first class though with the main, yeah, with exactly. the main team. <laughs> They're exactly. all in the economy at the back for sure. Yeah. Oh, I do have a question though. Did anybody think if Vader could sense Luke, why can't he sense that he has another child? Absolutely. You know? Especially when she's with Luke and she's been close to, you know, in the vicinity of Vader. I would say the only reason for that would be if you went with that she hasn't been, in inverted commas, activated, basically. She hasn't been tapped into her powers. Yeah, okay. but then there's a line later which kind of contradicts that. So I agree with you. Yeah, and I mean, there's the bit in Empire Strikes Back where Luke reaches out to her with the Force and she connects yeah. to it. So <gasps> that's right. They Skype in. <gasps> they do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So that's a, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Interesting. It's almost like they added it in later. <laughs> I, am, I, I would bet. A lot of money that at the end of Empire Strikes Back, they wrote that line of, no, there is another. And they had no idea who it was going to be. Like, absolutely not. Because I've read rumors that at one point they intended it to be even Lando and like different people. Um, And I'm not sure which like rumors, right? But I really feel they're just like, that's a cool line. We can set it up. We'll figure it out later. So yeah, it doesn't really work, but whatever. I'm just here for the furries. (laughs) <laughs> so as the team head out on Endor, they stumble across scout troopers. So this is a new type of trooper we haven't seen before. Cool, kind of like little boxy helmets. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah, I was saying when I was watching it, I was saying to Bethany that the stormtroopers in all their different forms throughout the films have not, like, don't look dated. They still look really cool. Yeah. I don't think so, anyway. You don't think so? No, no, I agree. I don't think that they've aged. I was looking yeah. at Christina, who was, who was nodding her head because she's the fresh eyes. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I thought they, they looked the cool designs. still. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I still, fuck you. I, for me, still, it's only Darth Vader. Darth Vader's the only one to me that still looks a bit weird. Everybody else, the designs really work well for me. But that's just me. Clear. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so they stumble across scout troopers. Han and Chewie go to to handle them uh, but Han steps on a twig I guess and it, <laughs> and, it, and it alerts them and then they deal with those and Luke and Leia chase two other scouts on speeders and there's this really cool speeder chase through the forest at this point and this also has one of my favorite lines in the movie which is when Luke turns to Leia in his throwaway line he just says like jam their com links it's the middle button so on each of these little speeder bikes, there's a button that jams other speeder bikes' comlinks. For what purpose? <laughs> like, why would you ever have that button? <laughs> it's a brilliant little line. That's funny. I didn't notice that. And you, it's like, who cares? Just don't even, who gives a shit? Don't even put that line in. So at this point, Leia and Luke 
get onto separate speeders. Leia gets shot off hers and she goes flying into the forest while Luke gets his lightsaber out and cuts off the front of another speeder, which sends it spinning into a tree. Luke returns to the rebels and he's like, oh, I've been separated from Leia. So Han sends the rebel troops that are with them to get to their target, which is the command center to disable the shield, while him and uh, the droids and Chewie and Luke look for Leia. At this point, Leia sort of gets Sorry, up. I just from- want to ask Christina, how did, that, how did the biker chase? Because it's like a really iconic scene. Like, how does that work for you with fresh eyes? Mm, it felt like I was in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. They probably do have a video um, game doing that, right? Oh, they're a great they video. They did. Yeah, if you go to yeah. a Dave and Buster's, in a Dave and Buster's, there's an amazing like pod you can go into to like do this stuff. Yeah, that's what it felt um, like, which isn't a bad yes, thing. Because yeah, I was watching it and I was like, some of this looks. I was really surprised. Looked really cool, and other bits I thought looked really janky, and I just couldn't yes. tell if you came to it fresh. Yeah, it was like uh, a mix of both of those things. So. Okay. Just Apparently ex- they like got a cameraman to said. run. <laughs> cool and <it's> janky. <laughs> cool and janky at the same time. Yeah, they got a cameraman apparently to run through the forest with a camera, holding it, shooting though, I think it's like one frame every second. So then when you put it together, it looked, yeah, like this smooth first person kind of. It was, yeah, I was really wondering long how they did though. That. Yeah. Like it was Some of it is weird. It felt long. And there's no music in it, which I found really cool, actually. Uh, they drop all the music out and that does tend to make an action scene feel longer when you drop the music out but i thought it was pretty cool because you can just hear the noises of them going through Mm -hmm. the forest and stuff there it is there it is so at this point leia gets up from the the undergrowth of the forest a little bit dazed um and as she's getting her bearings a furry stone age type creature approaches her with a spear it's the first time we see it's the first time we see an ewok and this ewok is probably the most famous ewok of all wicket that's his oh, name. Is it Wicket? Yeah. Is it Wicket? Wicket? Which one's Yubnub? Not that one. Or is that what they say? Or is that That's what wait, they his say? His name is Wicket. I just know him. Or Wicket. 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 I just know him from. Are so far my favorite character. So far your favorite. The All of the Ewoks. So far all your favorite of them. Character. Especially <laughs> the baby Ewok. His, his, um, no, not at all. His name is. His full name is Wicket W. Warwick, and that's because he was played <laughs> okay. by the British actor Warwick Davis. Yeah, he was. Uh, um, who appears in another movie we'll be talking about soon. So what is... Wow, I need to look up this. Because there's loads of Yubnub memes now of Wicket. Because that's what he says when he just jumps around under the undergrowth, I think. Oh, Yubnub is uh, Ewok Celebration, known commonly as Yubnub, is the title of the 1983 song that appears at the end of the Star Wars film, Return of Jedi. <laughs> so, okay, um, that makes more sense. I've been calling him Yubnub for 24 hours. Great. <laughs> it's, it's wicked. So he's, he's wary of Leia, Leia at first, and she offers him food, and he eats it, and he likes it, and then she shows him her helmet, and he kind of looks at it curiously. And then suddenly he senses something. A blaster goes off. He goes and hides under a log, and two scouts ambush Leia, but Wicket distracts them, and Leia is able to overpower them. And then we cut back such to... such a good scene, by the way. Such yeah, a good scene. It's that really first scene with Wicket is so adorable. It I is. I love it. They sit on that little tree. Yeah. They're so, it's so cute. You know, the um, uh, Ewoks, Ewoks are, are adorable. <laughs> They were apparently originally going to be Wookiees. It was going to be a Wookiee planet. Um, yeah. And then they changed it to Ewoks. Oh, good thing. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with Wookiees. 
<laughs> whatever the Ewoks it's my favorite part of Return of the Jedi <laughs> by far um, so after we have that little encounter with Wicket we cut back to the Death Star and Vader has not gone to the command ship as he's been told but he, he tells the Emperor that the rebels have landed on Endor and he tell and this is the first time we hear Vader say this to the Emperor but he says that my son is on Endor and the Emperor has a moment where he's says that he thinks it's strange that Vader has sensed him while he is not. And that he basically starts to question Vader's feelings at this point. So he tells Vader to go to Endor and that Luke is going to come to him. Mm-hmm. And we cut back down to Endor and we're back with the gang with Han and Luke. Um, and they find Leia's helmet, but no sign of her. Chewie is suddenly distracted by an animal carcass um, and he goes up to it. And just as he's about to grab it, I think it's Luke... Or Han realizes what it is and they're like, Chewie, no, and he grabs it and suddenly they're all caught in a rope trap which slings them up, up Stupid above Wookie. the ground. Yeah, and Han and Luke has uh, like tells Han to try and get his lightsaber. Blaster. But oh, at this point, R2 just <laughs> being R2 just decides to cut them out and they fall to the ground. And as they all sort of sit up, uh, there are a whole tribe of Ewoks pointing their spears at them. And there's a great so bit where- many. Yeah, and it's funny because it's there's this bit where this tiny little Ewok puts its tiny little spear in front of Han Solo's face, and he just grabs it and he says, "Put that thing someplace else." <laughs> at, at this point, three PO sits up, and all the Ewoks gasp and they start bowing and <laughs> chanting and worshiping at his feet, and they don't know what's going on. And three PO understands their very sort of primitive dialect and tells the group that they think he's a god. But at the mean, in the meantime, they're still being kind of aggressive to Han and Luke and stuff. So Han gets frustrated with 3PO and goes to like just strangle him or whatever. But then he's stopped by the Ewoks and he backs off. So then they carry 3PO back to their treetop village in a throne while the others are strung like hogs to logs. <laughs> and 3PO has to tell Han, who's like begging for 3PO to tell them to release him, that Han and Luke and Chewie are going to be part of the royal banquet in honor of himself, in honor of 3PO. Luke tells 3PO, like, use your godly powers or say to them you're going to use godly powers if you don't release your friends. Um, At this point, Leia comes out and now we're at the point that you were talking about, Christina, where Leia is in a new outfit. New hair, don't care. Long hair, mm-hmm. it's out, presumably in this outfit that was handed to her uh, by <laughs> the right. Ewoks. So let's... Yeah, let's talk about this then very quickly. I never saw it that way, Christina, and I'm interested seeing it that way because for me, it's always two things. One is I feel like she just wanted to change. I don't feel like they dressed her. I feel it's like she picked out clothes that they had, whatever. Why they'd have clothes for her, I don't know. It makes no Mm -hmm. sense. But the presiding thing for me is it's just about toys. It's literally just how many costumes can we get these characters in so we can sell as many toys as possible. Yeah, I mean, um, probably, probably, but I, I guess it just felt weird. That I mean, maybe that wouldn't feel weird if she didn't change before with Jabba. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I mean, yeah, it's just yeah, no both contextually. Of them it, if we're going with what the logic we went with before, of does it make narrative sense? This one doesn't. Like the Jabba one does for me. This one is like, where did those clothes even come from? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's, that was my thought. It was like, where did Ewoks get a nice dress for a human? A oh, human. What, yeah. what, you, what you don't see is the part of the forest where they've just like killed loads of humans before and all of the vans are stacked up next to each other wrong turn. Um, 
But yeah, hey, so this- that uh, that treehouse location. Yeah, was you so want to live cool. there, don't you? I do yeah, want to really live cool. there. <laughs> that was really magical. Yeah, so the treetop village is is awesome, and so at this point, three cool. PO is still not helping them get released. Yeah, cool, so Luke stop. uses uses the Force to raise three PO above them in his throne, which um, sends them all like crazy, and they they untie the trio and untie R two, who's also tied up, and. They thank uh, Luke thanks three PO and he's like oh I didn't know I had it in me because he's an idiot. God uh, I know he was really idiot. not helpful through that whole thing. <laughs> yeah um, he's not great in this episode to be honest. C three PO. Although of- this yeah. next bit of three PO's I kind of like and think is cool where we cut to now a campfire. Three PO mm. is telling the Ewoks in their dialect, basically recounting the three films up until this point. The destruction mm-hmm. of the first first Death Star, Obi Wan's confrontation with Vader, the attacks on Hoth, um, um, Cloud City, and he's doing all these cool sound effects, which I I thought was really cool and just kind of fun to have it sort of recounted back like that. I really enjoy this scene, but I have written down like again, it's kind of like I'm enjoying myself, but looking at it practically. I'm like, really? <laughs> Instead of moving the threadbare story that we've just got to finally after an hour and whatever we're at at this point in the movie, we're going to start recanting the previous <laughs> film story. <laughs> That's what we're doing right now. It's so, it's such a weird fucking decision. It's one of those things like you read the script, I'll be like, no, not making yeah. that movie, but it's, you know, it's, it's fun. We get, is it Han Solo gives the line though? I've got a bad feeling about this again. That's in every Star Wars film. Yeah. Um, is it in that part? Which is in this scene. It's definitely in this scene because I got it in chronological So, um, yeah, and at this point, they after he recounts the story, the tribe accept the group into the tribe and they sort of celebrate. And at this point, Luke and Leia walk off and mm. to have a conversation in the moonlight. And Luke asks Leia about her mother and her memories of her. She says that she remembers her mother being... She doesn't really have any... Strong, like her, she's only got a few memories and that she was beautiful um, but sad. And Luke tells her that Vader is here and he tells Leia that he has to face him because Vader's his father. <laughs> just say it already, Luke. Just say it. <laughs> yeah. And then Luke reveals to Leia finally that she's his sister and she's like, I know, I know. I always knew. Despite yeah. kissing him. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> this is a, a, I think this is a damp scene like this is really just like yeah we don't like fucking just come on luke just say it and if you're gonna say it, at least have a good reaction from the other character mm-hmm. and she's just like yeah yeah I, I always knew that we were brother and sister then why did you make out with him it's so <laughs> weird <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just this really strange damp scene yeah until then, han solo comes through and acts all jealous which i like yeah yeah so so then luke Again, has emphasized his point that he thinks Vader can be turned back to the light, which he should have just got to quicker and just be like, that was his point. Yeah. And then he leaves and then, yeah, Han appears and he's all jealous and he's like, he's like, I can't speak to you right now. He's like, who can you speak to? Luke? Can you speak to Luke? <laughs> and then he apologizes anyway. They make up straight away. <laughs> yeah. It's a proper relationship moment, though. Just it's like the only real too. relationship moment we get. Just yeah. Tell yeah. Him. It's like, why would. If you knew all along, why is it so hard to tell him? <laughs> yeah. We cut to the giant command center on Endor and Luke has turned himself in and he immediately and like immediately upon meeting Vader, he 
confronts him about the good in him and that he the fact that he's that he's still anakin and that's why he couldn't destroy luke um and that's why he can't take him to the emperor now and luke begs it's just the first time sorry is it it's it do we get the word anakin in the first film yeah well we get it from obi-wan who says talks Mm -hmm. about anakin skywalker yeah cool and luke begs vader to come with him and he he says that he feels the conflict in vader and despite having the mask, like you really, I I found anyway, like you really see that there's like a pause in Vader where you see that moment and you can feel that moment mm-hmm. before yeah, he actually says it's too late for him, and that the Emperor is now Luke's master. And I love that little that little moment and where you do get yeah, that it's cool. that sense. <laughs> you don't like it hanging out hanging out in the treetops. <laughs> Christina doesn't like it. No, I like it. I like it. The whole time I I did feel like 50-50 like that he could go either way. So. Uh, did you know. feel then at this point cuz you're coming to this fresh. Did you feel that there's a chance Darth Vader's going to like yeah, come over and help his son and go yeah, on the side or do you think, That's basically okay. what I just said. Ow. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I, I was like, trying to I make it into 50/50. more of a conversation. I was thinking like he could stay to stay on the dark side but then i was i had that like 50 percent hope that that there was still good in him and i did feel that there was still good in him and that that luke could eventually convince him to to help him oh okay so, so you yeah. Were 50, 50. <laughs> yeah 50 you should have you should have just said that i did uh, say that sorry alex please do continue that's all right i'm gonna uh, <laughs> race through some of these bits pretty quickly so then we cut back to the rebel command control center uh no the command center on endor and we're with the rebels and they're looking at the sort of the command center in the distance but then wicked appears and he's like hey there's a secret entrance in the back and they're like great and then we cut to the uh, rebel fleet that are preparing to jump into hyperspace and then we cut back to endor and wicked leads them to the back door of uh, the command center <laughs> and another ewok goes and steals a speeder to distract the scouts troopers which is oh, really was that funny. a different ewok yeah that wasn't i wicked. thought it was wicked but then it cuts back and wicked's still with them um uh, this is also where han solo the famous boob grab that he does of carrie fisher yeah oh i didn't ah, see it. didn't see that either but she gets shot and her shoulder is on fire and yeah. he goes to like grab her. It seems innocent, maybe. Like he wants to grab her shoulder, but there's real fire and he hurts his hand. So he jumps away and then just does this very, very big grope, just like full on grabs her left boob. Oh man, I missed that. <laughs> and they don't hmm. cut away from it or anything. So yeah, the Ewok steals the uh, thing, distracts the scout troopers. They chase him, leaving one trooper behind. The rebels overpower him. They get into the bunker. And now we cut back to the Death Star where Luke meets the Emperor for the first time. And Luke, in very much the same way as he was with Jabba, is just like super defiant and kind of cocky. Like, Yeah, He's, he doesn't uh, seem scared at all. Doesn't Can seem I just, scared. You know, I was watching this with my mom and we accidentally, when Darth Vader first turned up in the treetop onwards, found this fun game you can play with him. Because he's now like, because before Darth Vader's been, I'm a mean bad man. And I'm mean and bad, and that's it. That's all that really defined him. And now suddenly we have like textures to him, and mm-hmm. he's got inner monologues that he can't show because he's wearing a mask. And I agree with you, Alex. Like the the actor's doing a great physical way of getting that across. 
really really well and we came well, like he has these little panel with lights that flash and they flash different colors sometimes sometimes they're like red and sometimes they're green and sometimes they're yellow and i just love this idea of him like his panels like a mood ring essentially <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just kind of like no 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 i'm just evil now and it's like but it's turning green which is your happy color <laughs> and you can watch like the rest of the film like that it's fucking hilarious highly highly encourage it <laughs> that's funny you've given us so many things to go back and and watch it explore (laughs) so yeah luke is very defiant against the emperor at this point but the emperor reveals that that in the deaths the death star is completely safe from the rebel fleet and that everything is happening by his design which is a recurrent thing of the emperor palpatine character which we'll explore down the line which is this not a complete contradiction then of what happens because spoilers in a minute they do take out the shield Mm-hmm. But in this scene, the Emperor explicitly says he fed misinformation on purpose. Yeah. So how would they know where the shield generator is? Well, he... Because they go <laughs> to the bunker to destroy it, but then they get overpowered. But then the Ewoks help them overpower the troops so that they can retake the bunker and the shield. To destroy so you it. think he, he the the information that the emperor leaked was the actual location of it, but he set it up so that there were troops there to take them out when they got there. Basically. Yeah, I think so. Because that's stupid, <laughs> and he should have told them the wrong location. <laughs> yeah, he still gave them the location of the actual thing. Just, but I yeah. think the reasoning behind that was also to draw Luke to him. Right, but you could still do that from a different location, surely. <laughs> no comment on this anyway, one, guys. Anyways, <laughs> I can't. I can't answer that. that really annoy me as we went on. I was like, "Hang on, but how?" He literally just said that he sent them to the wrong place, and I was, I was confused. But anyway, all right. Yeah. So he he says that he's basically set up this whole trap. So as the trap is being set, Wicket leaves. He leaves while the rebels try and um, get into the base. The rebel fleet come out of hyperspace and suddenly realize that the shield is still up. Han is like, uh, Lando is like, we need to give Han more time. And the Emperor shows, like, is looking at the window of the Death Star with Luke, who's looking at them. And he's showing Luke the Rebel Alliance. And at this point, he's like, just, this is when it all starts, where he starts to just constantly goad Luke to grab the weapon and strike him. And to, like, respond with his anger impulses. He keeps saying, like, it's impossible to resist. Doesn't seem it to me. He hasn't done anything to entice you to actually think in the dark side seems like a cool place to be at any point. I felt Uh, like to get something to the dark side would be a long seduction or something. mm -hmm. But instead he's like, look at us. We're all fucked up. This is our lives. It's impossible to resist. He's got no face. I can't get out of this chair. And then he also says to Luke that like his father, Luke is now his. So I think for me it was... For me, it was, yeah, not necessarily like a long seduction, but it was that constant, it was that, it was like just a deliberate pushing of his buttons to get him to react in a contradictory mm-hmm. way to a, how a Jedi would act. But yeah, he clearly wasn't buying it <laughs> initially. Yeah, oh. it's just like, I'm not, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I mean, the whole time though, Luke's like watching all of his friends out there getting killed. Mm-hmm. And he's just not doing anything. It was so frustrating. And I know That's he was true. trying to reserve his 
hatred not let his hatred build because i guess that brings you to the dark side right but oh man if you're a jedi can't you do i don't know it was just so agonizing to watch him just stand there and look out the window for so long but you're right because yeah it looks like he's trying to stay calm but he's killed people many times before so as a jedi alex can you clarify this for me then as a jedi it's okay to kill people just so long as you don't do it while you're angry that well, seems to be the rule. I think oh. I think it's in the last one that is it in the last one where or is it in something else? Uh, that the Jedi's can only act in defense. So you could argue mm-hmm. that every time he's killed people in the past, it's been in self-defense or in the defense okay. of others. But I feel um, this entire battle is self-defense for sure. And in the defense of others. Because yeah, exactly. If he's trying he's, to stop though all of these people from dying, he would kill the emperor right there. For sure. And I mean, I think there's that line that he's perhaps playing of, you know, what are, are his motivations purely to rescue his father and bring him back to the light? You know, I don't think Luke was himself expecting the emperor's motives and plans to also affect his friends. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this that deliberate long play of like, what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> Well, it was definitely agonizing. (laughs) Yeah, because he's just like standing watching and I can't figure out what, I don't know what he's thinking for most of this movie. And I presume he's trying not to get angry. And then I just start literally just thinking about all the different blurry lines then on what it is to be a Jedi and when the dark side creeps in. Because obviously, you know, they do great stuff with this, like calling back to religious aspects and Buddhist aspects in terms of how, you know, and they really get into it in the prequels, which we'll get to in the following episodes. But I just couldn't, I just was really focusing on that so much throughout this ending of like what if he's just hangry is that okay <laughs> like is, if he's not like if he's not angry towards one specific person like where are the rules on yeah. when you're doing it from a jedi point of view and from a dark side point of view on the plus side we got ewoks with with wings flying which was pretty good yeah so we then fly back to endor where the ewoks start attacking the stormtroopers in very inventive different ways like yeah, hang gliding Ewoks that are throwing stones. Some that are just like have like little stone things with rope that they spin and throw throw at the stormtroopers. At one point, we have the Ewoks like hold a rope out for the ATST to trip over, but they just get dragged behind it. Yeah, so good. <laughs> just really funny. Oh, so then, we... has it happened yet? Though, where the first it's Ewok literally dies. about to happen right now. Oh. It's so fucking sad. It's so yeah. sad. So oh they- my god <laughs> oh, that's how you know they did a really good job with the ewoks you know <laughs> yeah so yeah we, we- it really upset me i wasn't expecting it i completely <laughs> forgotten about it and then he goes back to his like oh, cocaine like nope just and then they just linger for ages it's heartbreaking yeah, it was he does heartbreaking. this like little like ah, oh and he just holds it yeah <laughs> that linger is just like oh my god oh man yeah the, at this point the battle is very much in the empire's favor we cut back to space and we see that the imperial fleet is just stand like stationary and holding off and the emperor reveals to luke that the death star is actually operational and he they start destroying all these rebel ships admiral akbar calls for the fleet to retreat but lando begs them again to like give her more time and we go back to endor r2 han can't unlock the um oh no R2 tries to help unlock the blast door, but he gets shot as he's doing it, and he short circuits. Leia cover- covers Han while he tries to hotwire the door. 
Um, the stormtroopers. Uh, this is the boob grab moment. Are just so. starting to get more of an upper hand, and Ewoks are <laughs> yeah, Ewoks are murdered. The Death Star <laughs> keeps destroying the Rebel fleet. So Lando suggests that the Rebel fleet turn around and head towards the Star Destroyers because they'll get more protection and be able to avoid the Death Star if they head towards the Star Destroyers. We go back to the Emperor, and this time the Emperor is now calling Luke his apprentice and is still goading him and telling him that his friends and the Alliance will die. That's how it works. Yeah. He begs Luke to strike him down with all his anger, and finally Luke submits and he lights his lightsaber, and there's a cool shot where... It's like as he does that, Vader engages his, and they 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 meet like in front of the Emperor, who's just smiling and snarling. Yeah. Um, the, we- the saber fight, the saber battle here is the best battle I think that we've had so far with lightsabers mm. in, mm-hmm. in the films. It's really cool, and they bring in a new theme. There's like this sad music which we haven't heard before. That's yeah, really nice. Yeah, that scores are um, like, really I, cool. I, I was just I love like, Vader and finally. <laughs> <laughs> there is movement something i love luke and darth in this scene i really do. it's just the mm-hmm. emperor bothers me so so much and he just keeps saying that stuff like you're saying alex like you're my apprentice and all this yeah. like stuff it's, like, it's not how it works it's like going up to a stranger and i just start saying you're my girlfriend like, <laughs> no no you're my girlfriend <laughs> and you just do that for an hour it's it's such a i just don't like the emperor in this scene but i love what's happening with darth and luke i think it's cool yeah so then we cut back down to Endor, and now the Ewoks are starting to turn the tide. A couple of Ewoks and Chewie do like a Tarzan-style swing onto an <laughs> ATST and hijack it. Um, and that's, yeah, the Ewoks start getting the upper hand and they have some more inventive solutions to start getting the stormtroopers and the, the walkers and stuff, like two swinging trunks that crush one that's and then so a bunch good. of rolling logs which trip one. Do you remember all the toy sets where they did this stuff where they like literally the long yeah. trap things? <laughs> yeah. So Han, who's hot wiring the the door, thinks he gets it, but it, and just another blast door closes. And at this point is when I think is the boob grab because Leah gets struck in the arm. And we have right, a rever- we have a reversal of the famous line from Empire Strikes Back, where this time Han says that he loves Leia, and she says, "I know." And then Chewie arrives with the Walker and. Han's like surrenders thinking it's the stormtroopers and then Chewie pops his head out and it's like he's like yeah cool (laughs) Um, and he's like okay I've got a plan Um, and then we cut back to the um, lightsaber battle and at this point it's very clear compared to when they met on in Cloud City in the Empire Strikes Back that Luke now has the upper hand I think the first shot as we cut back is Luke kicking Vader down the stairs yeah, he kicks Vader down the stairs. The emperor, emperor is like loving it and laughing and it keeps encouraging Luke. But at this point, Luke disengages his lightsaber and then says that he refuses to fight. And again, he addresses Vader directly and says that he still feels the good in him and the conflict. And then he goes and hides, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> runs away. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut back to Endor, and Han, now pretending to be an Imperial officer from the walker, gets all the officers uh, to leave the bunker. And at this point, he's able to ambush them, and they all go in and set the charges. We go back to the Death Star. Luke is hiding, refusing to fight, and Vader now is searching for him and saying that Luke's feelings betray him. And at this point, Vader's like, ah, oh, you have a sister. You have a twin sister. And says that if Luke can't be turned, perhaps she will. And this sends Luke into like a 
kind of like a dark side rage, I guess. Um, at which point he completely overpowers Vader and is just like attacking him, attacking him, and Vader's defending, and he stumbles. Luke just in this blind rage cuts his arm off, and again the Emperor is first just, arm of the film. The Emperor is just so aroused. He's so excited. <laughs> <laughs> he is very excited. Yeah, he's like oh, he's cackling. He yeah. cuts his arm off, and it's yeah. and it's a robot arm, just like Luke's. Mm-hmm. That's true, right? That that's is true. true. Yeah, yeah. I thought, and that's also that like we might what, figure uh, that out later. We might, yes, and also, you, well, yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> oh, thanks for uh, spoiling it for me. <laughs> well, well, we well we might not. Oh, uh, but, but you'll get early- information. <laughs> Whether it works or not is a different matter, basically. <laughs> and I mean, earlier in this film, Obi-Wan even says, like, he's more machine now than man. Mm, um, so, yeah. So, so in- I like this implication that that's a bad thing, because we've been hanging out with some pretty cool droids throughout mm-hmm. these movies. No, I didn't yeah. think it was a bad thing. I just thought it was, I mean, same thing that Luke has. Exactly. Yeah. So, Luke yeah, has yeah. this moment where he realizes his hate gave him all this power and and it kind of blinded him and he sees his father's lack of an arm and his own machine hand and at that point he completely just pulls back and rejects the dark side throws his lightsaber away and and turns to the emperor and says that he's a jedi like his father before him uh and then the emperor's like well then you will have to die or whatever he says and then the emperor becomes a wizard (laughs) yeah so then we go before he becomes a wizard we cut back to Endor, and this is one of my favorite bits. It always has always made me laugh. Where Han is running out of the bunker. He's like, go, go, go. And suddenly the bunker explodes and it goes to a real sort of like zoomed out shot of the whole command center. And it's just this like giant, giant explosion. (laughs) And then it comes back to Han who just like pokes his head off the ground. (laughs) (laughs) He has the two funniest bits, I think, in his movie. One is that, and it's just so funny. His reaction when he pokes his head out is no idea. It's so good. And the other one's a little bit earlier where, you know, when he's like running around the building with that guy, like this one guard who goes, hey, and doesn't yeah, yeah. shoot hand, instead runs after him. And then the camera just pans and then it's just all of his rebel like friends waiting around the corner. And it's just so dumb. <laughs> it's really <laughs> awkward and funny. Yeah. Um, so... Uh... Yeah, so he clearly wasn't affected by the massive explosion, even though he ran (laughs) five feet away. He was in a ditch. He was in a ditch. He was in a ditch. And then we cut back to the Emperor, who now vows to destroy Luke and attacks him with force lightning, or as you said, he becomes a wizard, which is what the Jedi sometimes mocked at being throughout the film. I think in A New Hope, I think Uncle Owen calls Obi-Wan an old wizard. That's true. That yeah. is true. So there is a mockery okay. of that within, right. within the universe. So yeah, he destroys, uh, he starts attacking Luke with force lightning. And Luke is on the ground struggling and crying and begging his father to help him. And at this point, Vader gets back up and he stands beside the Emperor. And he is looking at Luke crying out for his help. And he's looking at the Emperor who's just like in full rage mode. And suddenly, this is the point where Vader returns to the light. I'm I'm not going to mention the one change just yet. I just want to mention what happens in the scene. Vader returns to the light. He grabs the Emperor, lifts him above above him and throws him into the bowels of the Death Star. And at this point, no longer fueled by the power of the dark side, he becomes Anakin again. And essentially, because he doesn't have that dark side power, can't 
yeah, can't sustain himself and is mortally wounded and, and Luke helps him. So the bit that was added <laughs> to this. Oh, Christina. What? Oh, this used to be such a chilling, great scene. And this, this, just to be clear, what Alex is about to say, it wasn't even the first time George Lucas came back. This was a later iteration when the films came to Blu-ray, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he so. Added it. It's like the yeah. third time he kept adding stuff. He added stuff to the oh, scene. Oh, man. That for me, me ruins the entire fucking scene. So as okay, we sort of added? spoke... Well, so as we spoke about before, like when Luke meets Vader on Endor, you know, the, the kind of beauty of the actor playing Vader of having a mask, but physically being able to show his sort of internal monologue and how that really worked and how we don't need to, in any, in any type of film, the audience should always be left to figure it out or feel it themselves. And sometimes it's obvious you don't need dialogue. So initially in this scene, all we saw was Vader looking at Luke, looking at the Emperor and having this moment, I think there's a tight shot at one point where you're right up on Vader's mask and you're seeing the sparks going. And you, as an audience member, you can just read like what's happening to him. You're suddenly seeing the conflict in the mask. What George Lucas then added was because that wasn't... It's over, well over 20 years later. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I guess people didn't get it or it wasn't powerful yeah, enough he, or he, he just wanted he just to round the point home. One of the most loved films in history. He just woke up in the middle of the night and he, oh, I know what would make it even better. Yeah. So what he added <laughs> was Anakin saying, no, and then grabbing the emperor and going, no, and throwing him oh. down. So before before that was He didn't say anything. He didn't say he anything. So the only thing that was added was no. He still grabbed yeah, the emperor. But that makes it even more original. egregious. Okay. It's like it used to be like to add ADR after over 20 fucking years. Yeah. Everything else George Lucas adds, I argue with he shouldn't be able to do, or if he does, the original should still be available. But he's a director. It's his vision. He was like, I couldn't do these things at the time. I want to do them now because he thinks he can. Uh, I don't think he could because I don't think effects were at the right place to do the stuff he wanted to do. But this fucking thing for me is the most egregious of all the changes because it's the key moment really in this trilogy mm -hmm. for me. And it's fucking ADR. He has no excuse. They had ADR in 1983. He had the actor on set <laughs> in 1983. There is no reason. There is nothing to do with technology. There was no reason he couldn't do this in his original vision. He didn't do it at the time. Fuck you, George Lucas. For yeah, adding it's like I have to mute this scene. That's hard to fall in love with something and then for it to change. It's it. I mean, I could imagine. Just but like for just me, like people. I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I didn't know any better. But I mean, it's one of those things. If you look at it from a writing point of view, where you say a, a character is what they do, not what they say. And mm -hmm. what he did, what Vader does in that moment, removing that dialogue, is what's powerful. And, and mm -hmm. the way that it's shot and, and his reaction and you seeing that shift. Just adding the fucking words is just, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It's really, it's genuinely heartbreaking. And listen, I've stood up for George Lucas much more than I thought I would during his podcast so far. But these are the things where you're just like, what happened to him? Over, this, <laughs> the, over that gap period of time, what the fuck happened to him? Yeah. I think I still would have understood it without the no. I think you would have yeah. seen it. <laughs> probably generations have been more of people did. <laughs> exactly. So after that, we go back to the Imperial fleet led by Lando, who then head into the, now that the shield's down, they head into the like inner workings of the Death Star. 
yeah, this time it's a little bit more complicated than when they had to just shoot photon lasers into a hole in A New Hope. Now they have to actually go into the body of the Death Star with all its big pipes and windy yeah. corridors. It's, to- it's totally different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's totally different. And then we cut back to Luke. The Death Star's like, uh, everyone's evacuating. Luke is dragging Anakin to to a ship, um, at which point they stop and, and stumble and Anakin begs Luke to take off his mask. He says he wants to see Luke with his own eyes. And this is the first time we see Anakin's scarred face. What happened to him? Why oh, you're going to find like out. That? <laughs> you're going to um, find out. A thing that they changed here in the original theatrical release was that the actor playing Anakin had eyebrows, thick, mm. bushy eyebrows, mm. and they have since digitally removed those. <laughs> uh, I just think this is a risky maneuver. It's your last thing before you die to take off your mask in case your son, who you've just bonded with, just, ah! Just freaks <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Like, Actually, you know what? Forget it. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> so we see his scarred face for the first time, uh, sans eyebrows. And uh, he says to Luke that Luke has already saved him and that Luke was right. And he asks Luke to tell his sister that he was right. And at this point, he dies in Luke's arms. We cut back to the Death Star. Wedge Antilles in his X-Wing and Lando are now in the center core of the uh, Death Star at the power generator, which they destroy. They manage to get out. The whole thing blows up. We cut to Endor. We see the Death Star exploding in the sky. The Ewoks and the Rebels are celebrating. And in one of my favorite, favorite moments, <laughs> Han and Leia discuss Luke. And Han is being sort of very gracious and being like, it's okay. When he gets here, you can be with him. And she's like, no, Luke's my brother. And Harrison Ford's reaction and expression in this is just so good. It's so good. Yep. It's almost like him. I- I'm sure it's him as Harrison Ford being like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, yeah, and then remembering, hang on, has no one thought of the fact that they made out in the last yeah. film? And then at the end of it seems to be, cut it into it. And then as Ewok comes up, it's like, yeah, bring the Ewok in. Yeah. So we'll get kissy kissy. It's so good. It's so, so good. It's amazing. Amazing um, look. Yeah, it's, it's very funny. And then we cut from there to a funeral pyre where Luke is cremating the remains of Vader and just staring at it. Great imagery. Why? I really like this. Oh. Did they put his helmet back on? Well, you got to think. Yeah, of children. it's funny you say that. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking that as well when I was watching it. I was like, so did he get him in the ship and then yeah, put his helmet back on? And just like, <laughs> I can't look at that like, anymore. I really can't. Let's put his helmet back on. <laughs> uh, Sad. We're doing everybody a favor. It's the eyebrows alone. It's not the scars. It's the lack of eyebrows. <laughs> like, yeah. We're doing everyone a favor. Let's put this um, helmet back on. So we stay with Luke as he kind of reflects. And the the score kind of rises and, and builds on that emotional moment. And then we cut to the celebration. And there were quite a few bits added in this celebration. Initially, we just, just cut to the Ewok treetop village where the party was happening. But they've since added celebrations across the galaxy um, mm-hmm. and across the whole saga. Did you so not we notice go- with the, I noticed, the I noticed. beautiful CGI scene suddenly yeah. out of nowhere? Yeah, so we have, we have Cloud City. From Empire Strike Back, we have Tatooine, um, and I think what is Mos Eisley, and we have Naboo, which we'll That's see in Phantom does. Menace, um, and then we have Coruscant, the galactic uh, capital, which we'll see in the prequels as well. And actually, in that Coruscant scene, you can see a statue of the Empire uh, Emperor being torn down 
uh, in the background mm, mm. in that amazing CG. Great, <laughs> great additions to the lore. My mum woke up, uh, well, no, she was awake for this one, sorry. My mum um, suddenly looked and she turned to me and said, how did they all find out so quickly what had happened? <laughs> Smart mom you got. There's Smart a little e- an email like sent out across the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you cut to the, the Ewok shot and it's fucking beautiful. Like the sun mm-hmm. setting or the mm-hmm. trees. It looks great. And it looks yeah. so much better than any of the CGI shots before. It. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I find like the timing of that really weird that they go across the galaxy first. Like I could see it maybe working if it was the other way around. And like yeah. sort of, and giving it that sense of timeline of like, okay, now maybe the news is spreading. Like, no, yeah, but yeah. No. no. So yeah, we're back in the Ewok village, little bonfire party. Lando and Wedge Antilles join the gang, and they're all celebrating and hugging and shaking hands. And then Luke turns around and he looks out, and he has a moment where he sees the four spirits of Obi Wan, Yoda, and Hayden Christensen. <laughs> So I have written down here. So Christina, just to clarify, mm-hmm. in the original version, is that who that was? You do was? not see Hayden Christensen. Yes. Oh, I see. So you do in the original version see uh, Thingy Bob, don't you? What's, I forgot the actor's name. You see Anakin um, Skywalker, but the actor that was the unmasked Vader. Yeah, I forgot the yeah. actor's name too. So you see Vader joining uh, Obi Wan and Yoda in this kind of Jedi realm. like, And it's kind mm-hmm. of this you know, thing of, okay, he's become a Jedi again in his final moments and mm-hmm. he's allowed to like join them spiritually and might be there as a guide for Luke and blah, blah, blah. Because as we're about to get to in the next episode, the prequels, they decided, well, let's show him, but in the middle tier of his life, not him as a kid, not him how we just saw him, where all the rest are how they were when they died. No, he somehow gets to go back in time to when he was at his most handsome. I I wrote down like, obviously I understand this, but if you hadn't watched the prequels, which you hadn't, was this not confusing to you? (laughs) Where is this handsome man suddenly coming from? Yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, I guess that's him before he went dark. So you still got it was Darth Vader? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. But I just thought like, like... it's just an emo boy suddenly comes out of nowhere and you're like, hang on. Why is no. Alkaline Trio in <laughs> I got it. I got it. Cool. Because, okay. I mean, it is, it is an interesting choice. Like, if you're going on the Star Wars sort of lore and mythology, like, I get the, the choice of, like, well, this is, this is him when he was at his purest and his best before he was turned to the dark side. Mm-hmm. But then, like you said, Al, he also returns to the light before he dies. Yeah. So that exactly. should be and his kind of... And one surely would be younger then. It'd be like, it'd be Ewan, wouldn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine if they I did that? They put Ewan McGregor in there. Uh, don't remind him because oh, he'll God. do it. He'll go back and like, shit, yeah, we should have put Ewan McGregor. <laughs> and uh, that, my friends, is how the film ends. And we go Yay! to end credits. I um, gotta say. Oh, are we doing reviews? You now? have to. We're going to do say. reviews. Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. What, what, Are you going to give your overall feelings? Yeah. Is that what you're about to do? Okay, so before we do, I just want to give a couple of bits of information I didn't get to chuck in there. Uh, Endor is a name of a place that's in the Bible, apparently, uh, which had some of the reasons for why it was used. But it's also an elvish name for Lord of the Rings. And as I was watching these movies with my mum, she kept pointing out a lot of Lord of the Rings like references in them, uh, which I'd never thought of before. But there is a lot of Lord of the Rings in there. Harrison Ford apparently suggested to George Lucas that Han Solo sacrificed himself at the end of this movie to save his friends. Uh, but George Lucas was having none of it. And two other things. Obi-Wan Kenobi was originally going to return to life at the end of this movie. 
which I'm very happy they did not end up doing. Hmm. And the word Ewok is never mentioned once in this entire film. Huh. Then where did it come from? From the zeitgeist. Huh. I know. Interesting. That's all I. That's all I got. There are all, <laughs> I mean, there are so many facts about these movies. I'm just picking out the ones that interest me. So, all right. So, Christina, the fresh eyes. You recommended A New Hope. You recommended Empire Strikes Back. Are you going to recommend Return of Jedi? What are your overall thoughts? I mean, why stop now? <laughs> right? I enjoyed it. I still like Empire Strikes Back more. But the Ewoks, they really were the highlight of this movie. So I liked it. I liked it. It's currently like- number three out of the oh three. okay so your least favorite so far well i mean okay i maybe it's tied with number one i feel like now i have to re-watch the first one <laughs> <laughs> no you don't but i do for sure <laughs> okay. know that i i enjoyed empire strikes back more okay okay mm-hmm. i feel now is the time to reveal to you that most star wars fans hate the ewoks what? So, uh, like, uh, yeah, the Ewoks are a very contiguous, controversial thing. Like, oh there's a big God. divide between the people who like them and the people who absolutely hate them. What do you and guys remember, like, like or hate? Well, Would when you the like film came hate? out, my dad was really grumpy about them, and he wasn't even a big Star Wars fan, but he was really <laughs> pissed because it was a sudden thing of, oh, they're definitely going for kid market. And if you think about it, Empire Strikes Back was way more adult than the first one in terms of some of its themes, and it mm. left it in a dark place. And now suddenly we have a film that's really just about having fun and hanging out with Muppets. That's really what Return of the Jedi is. So I didn't want to say anything because you seem so excited about it. I did but, like the Ewoks. Uh, I love them. I yeah. love the Ewoks. I really do. I didn't know how I was going to feel about them coming back this time, but I think they're great. Because for me, they're not too cute. That's the crucial thing. Like Wicket is cute. Some mm. of them are ugly little fuckers. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> I didn't and think I any lo- <laughs> of them were ugly. <laughs> actually they, some of them creep me out and i love it like there's just like for me this is a good balance of mm-hmm. cuteness and creepiness okay okay so it's your second or third favorite so far but you're still enjoying it where do you want it to go no now? maybe like, my I know third you know favorite yeah second or okay. third i thought you said second two i know you know where it's going next but clear your brain of the things you know <sighs> from popular culture where do you wish it would go from here well i actually really enjoyed the ending though too I felt good about the ending. It was nice. It was peaceful. It gave me happy thoughts at the end. You know, it <laughs> wasn't upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Um. Where it goes, God, I didn't think about. Do you want to keep following the regular gang? Do you want different people? Do you want to go forward in time? No, in I want to like... keep following the regular gang. Yeah, but I guess from that ending, you kind of have to go back. So you, time. so you literally. Oh, okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, where would you yeah. go from there? Well, literally whatever you can imagine, because it's all made up. I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is always my problem when you want something, and people are like, yeah, but they couldn't have done that because this thing. I was like, yeah, but they made that thing up as well. So they <laughs> could literally the do movies. anything you they could do anything. <laughs> Alexander Chard. Yes, sir. The, the Star Wars fan in the room. I know... Return of Jedi, is that the one you said like you hadn't been back to it in a little while? It'd been a No, it was actually Empire Strikes Back. I feel oh, like I've seen Empire? this more recently, but still not in it a while. Yeah, it was interesting going back because it was one of those the sort of first Star Wars film I kind of remember seeing as a kid. 
and certainly the one that I liked when I was little, I think probably because of the Ewoks. So you liked the but, Ewoks too? Well, <laughs> when, I was, when I was- when you were also like three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was this was fun and like Al's been saying, was full of Muppets and characters. But I remember as a kid being pretty scared of the Emperor. And an empire when I was a kid was very dark and I kind of, I couldn't really get into it. And that's reversed now. So I wasn't sure what to expect coming into this. Um, but I actually had a lot of fun watching it. I, I really enjoyed it. And I had those moments thinking as well, where I was like, yeah, what is the narrative here? Like it's taking so long to rescue Han Solo. And then when it gets into the the main pop point that they're going to destroy the Death Star again, but this time the Emperor's on it. You know, that in itself is all very derivative, but I was enjoying it. I was enjoying the ride the whole way through and enjoying enjoying that journey. And even getting to the Ewoks, like, for me, it's it's never been like a huge, I think they're stupid or I like them. For me, I guess the way that I've always looked at them was that it it's always just felt like a very obvious toy push, those characters. Like it was a very deliberate, like this is just going to make kids go wild and we're just going to sell more and more toys and stuff. And so it's always felt like that. But but they they have never sort of annoyed or distracted me as some other characters or as some other characters will, which we'll get into down the line. So, so I felt that they haven't been distracting in that way so that I've kind of enjoyed it. So, so coming back to it, yeah, I had a lot of fun watching it. And that surprised me. I don't know why, but I just really, I really loved it. And I loved the bits. Yeah, I like the bits with the Emperor and with Vader. Just some of those additions I didn't like. Where, as far as where does it rank in my films, it's still, it's always been third. Actually tied with another film, but we'll get to that down the line as well. But yeah, that's sort of where I'm sitting at it with it at the moment. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've been really surprised. I think I've been the downer on this film as we've been going through it in this show. Like, I feel like I'm poking holes in everything the whole time. But I'm trying to say I have been having a good time. I've been really surprised coming back. Like, I was really surprised with A New Hope how much I enjoyed that movie and just respected it from how well it was put together narratively. Like, really respect it. And it shocked me then to go to Empire Strikes Back, which has always been by far my favorite, to realize, well, I still, the themes it's talking about resonate more with me personally. But I don't think it's as good a movie, actually, as the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really excited to come to this one because I love the Endor stuff and playing them in video games all the time. Like, I had fond memories of the Ewoks, uh, the Rancor, like the Pit. I knew Boba Fett was in this more, Jabba the Heart, like all this fun stuff in this movie. And I haven't seen this in ages. So I was genuinely really, this was the one I was most excited to come back to. And then as I was watching it, I was just, yeah, shocked by how appalling the narrative is in this movie and it is i think it's i just think it's bad i like i flat out and i know it's not a popular opinion i think it's bad the narrative in this movie i think it's very lazily written i think the storyline like the only storyline thread there is there was done in the first one and better so it's really just about do you like these characters do you like the world and the set pieces and i do like i really really do like the stuff with jabba goes on way too long it's like an extended episode of a tv show And I'm totally fine with that. And then the latter half of the movie, I actually don't like if it wasn't for the fact of the Ewoks, to be honest. Like, they make it fun. I do think our lead group of characters aren't 
as enjoyable to watch as they have been in the previous two films. You don't have that group mentality like we used to. It is starting to feel like it's falling apart a little bit. Yeah, and obviously the egregious changes that George Lucas made piss me off no end. Uh, I, it's weird, though, because I kind of... Yeah, it's definitely my third favorite out of the three that we've watched so far. And I'm going to keep reflecting on this because I don't want people listening to this. You know, At the end, we'll do a wrap-up episode where we'll put all of these movies, all the 10 movies in order, and some of these might change, obviously. But... Yeah, I think that's kind of how I want to get to it. It's like the second one I didn't think was that well written, but it spoke to me very, very personally. The third one, I think it's very badly written. And I don't mean the script necessarily. I just mean the story. But it's just it's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just weird. <laughs> All three of them are actually very different. That's very what's weird. Different. You know? The first one's a focused standalone movie. The second one's this kind of like weird, emotional sort of dream movie almost. And the third one's just like, ah, you want to hang out again? We're going to do a few things. Could be fun. Yeah. Eat some popcorn, you know, sell you some toys. It's, it's interesting. And where would you have liked to have seen this go after this point? I mean, I can't say story-wise, but I 100% would want to follow the same characters, definitely. Like, or, you know, maybe start with them all separated a bit. Obviously, Han's going to be with Leia more. You know, there might be some friction there, like Chewie's living in the attic. Uh, <laughs> it's like Luke Harry is, and the yeah. Hendersons. Exactly. Yeah. Luke is like uh, Luke is like Ryu from Street Fighter. He's just wandering the galaxy with a knapsack over his shoulder, just looking for new challenges as a Jedi. The Ewoks, you know, he's got one ear, like Wicket's just following him everywhere he goes. <laughs> the droids are off doing their own thing. Yeah, I just wanted to see. I would be very happy. Very happy, just doing what they did with this, which is basically nonsense, <laughs> but entertaining nonsense. Like just treating it like, yeah, it's a TV show. Tune in for the next bunch of stuff that we think up. I just don't want to see. Here's what. Here's what I'm gonna say. I don't want, and I appreciate the irony. I don't want any more Death Stars. Oh. We've had three films, and we've had two Death Stars, and this one looked cool. I liked it being half in development. My mum kept arguing with the science of building it that way. She felt you should build it on a planet and then take it into space once it was fully <laughs> built. But, you know. Your mum is that's awesome. That's a physics problem. <laughs> she, I wish, I'm going to get some more of her uh, comments for the next few films. Yeah. As she, she was talking to me so much for these movies, I said to her, look, what we need to do is record a separate podcast. It's like an audio commentary podcast, you know, where people could just turn it on with the movie when they watch it to hear your thoughts on this movie. She had some good insight. Yeah, I don't want any more Death Stars. I'm done with that. I just want some new challenges for our little ragtag team. That's mm-hmm. all I want. And I know it's not what we're getting. <laughs> so it's definitely fine. Not. I do not want to know any more about how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. I will say that right now. I don't care. I'm not interested in seeing someone gradually get turned to the dark side. Particularly considering in this film, we established very clearly that the emperor clearly a very sophisticated part of the dark side was convinced he could turn luke over to the dark side in one scene (laughs) so considering he thinks it takes about 10 minutes to turn someone over to the dark side i do not need a trilogy of films trying to turn someone (laughs) to the dark side agree here we go here we go (laughs) there you go next week 1999 phantom menace the prequel trilogy will begin george lucas's return to the directing chair for the first time since the original star wars oh there you go 
<laughs> but beforehand he will release the first revamped iteration of these three films in cinemas with new cgi and stuff to tie into the prequels i remember where i was alex i'm sure you remember where you were christina i doubt you have any clue what was going on <laughs> but we will be talking about it in the next episode of a star's retrospective do you guys have anything else to say you're good no. all good sad to leave this original trilogy behind Hey, things could get better. I'll tell you what, I'm genuinely excited to go back to the prequels because it's been so long since I've gone back to them that and I've, I'm interested to see how I feel. And everybody's we talked about before, everyone has, when they push them for what's your favorite prequel, everyone picks a different one of the trilogy. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Interesting. Uh, we'll be, if you head on over to wearegeeks.com, wearegeeks.com, you can branch on out to all of our podcasts over there on iTunes. We do a weekly topical podcast simply called Geeks, where we talk about games and movies and stuff like that. Sometimes pizza and donuts because they're delicious, but not together. Don't do it. We also have horror franchises. They go up every single Friday. Right now, we're just finishing off a Texas Chainsaw Massacre podcast. And me and Alex, you're going to be able to hear our voices again covering the Child's Play series uh we're picking right. who our partner is going to be i'm excited about that one we've already done friday 13th we've done the nightmare on elm street we've done danny boyle we've done invasion of the body snatches danny boyle the greatest horror of all time <laughs> <laughs> and what else do we do we do other things we do twitch streams as well but you can patch all out to it on weirdgeeks.com if you can subscribe to us if you can leave a star rating or a comment it really really does help um, and we would appreciate it a whole bunch I've been your host, Mr. Al White. You can get in contact with me on all social medias. And if you want to play some Friday 13th on Xbox, Mr. Al White. Alexander Chard, how can people interfere with You can with reach you? me on Twitter or Instagram at Alexander Chard. <laughs> and I Is won't it true reply. That you will not reply to anybody? I will not reply <laughs> yeah. to you. Um, and you can add me on Xbox <laughs> or PlayStation. My gamer tag is Rainbow Chard. And I won't add you and play games with you. So if you just need a virtual ball to throw shit at, your social media is <laughs> the right places to go to. Yeah. No, I'm Christina Masterson. So. I guess you could find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore hi Christina. And that's about it. And about I don't us. know if I'll respond to you. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> You're nicer than Alex. You might say a hi or something. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. I really appreciate it. We'll see everybody next week with The Phantom Menace. And we're out.